Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Critical Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Good, and joining me once again is Manny. Manny, how you doing? Hello. Uh, I almost said Happy New Year, but I guess, well, sort of, right? Have we done an episode since the new year? No, we haven't. Ah, Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to you, too. And a fun little fact, Manny, I, I feel like more people watch the episodes that you're on more than any of the other ones that I like oh, do yeah. for the most part. Uh, Cause we just talk like, I feel like people are like, is this a Lord of the Rings podcast? Well, sometimes it is. All right. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it just becomes that way. Yeah. 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 And sometimes we talk about as long uh, as a Lord of the Rings episode. So it's almost it's a commentary at this point. Um, yeah. Just a little out of context. Anyway, if you guys haven't caught up in the past, basically Manny has been on for five of the six at this time uh, films for the Lord of the Rings franchise, including the Hobbit, uh, and now we are talking about the Battle of the Five Armies, the the end of the trilogy, or hashtag One Last Time. Uh, I went back and looked at some of the old promotional stuff, and uh, nice. it was like, <laughs> I think at that, that was moment, the hashtag. It was the hashtag. It was like hashtag One Last Time because uh, they. <laughs> Sad a little bit. They're like, just please, just watch it one more time. We have one more yeah. movie. Bear with us one last time. Okay, here we go. It did seem like that because I I don't know about the critical reception of mm-hmm. Unexpected Journey and the Desolation, and then coming sure. into this one, if people were like, oh, you're making a third one, and then it was just kind of like, yeah, come on, get, come on back, everybody, come on yeah. back. It's one sad. Time, it's like, and you know what? It works on me because I'm so like Lord of the Rings. Like I was gonna see right. it either way, but like I'm like, yeah, you know yeah. what? I'll come back one last time. Um, yeah, you're like, oh, like i love you uh it's like they're trying to go for like some sort of return of the king uh thing which right. also is another reason i love um the old trilogy because that was before like hashtags and stuff like it's not a return yeah. of the king it wasn't like hashtag aragorn you know for king or something right. or, like it was just like yeah nah, it's just coming out in 2003 baby um yeah. but yeah anyway so we're talking about uh the the last like film that we have right now as of this recording, hopefully, you know, one day we'll talk about the Silmarillion or, you know, the uh, Amazon show or whatever it's going to be. But I want to start at the very beginning. The thing that people were waiting for, people wanted so badly in Desolation of Smog, but that is to watch a gigantic fire-breathing dragon destroy a shantytown. Uh, and that's what you get in the first 10 minutes yeah. of this movie. It's just like, hey, remember that really chilling exit uh cliffhanger you had with desolation well we are revisiting that immediately uh and there is a sense of dread and fear in that beginning and i absolutely love it like i don't know how you feel about it yeah it's awesome i mean i think like it is tough i remember when i saw it in theaters i was like i like so like not to move ahead but like spoilers smog dies within like the first 10 minutes yeah. of the film right so like I think right off the bat, as much as as cool as it was to be like immediately brought back into that world of like, oh, my God. Yeah, there's a dragon. Oh, God. Oh, crap. OK, what's happening? You know, like that was cool. I think the tension was awesome. That being said, I think the pacing like real. And and this is a theme I'm sure we'll touch on throughout this episode. But the, the pacing of the film right off the bat felt a little it took me a little bit out of it because we are left with a cliffhanger and like. I'm down for that. But I think like the, the conclusion of that cliffhanger, like if you blink, it's gone. It, you yeah. missed it. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think that like, that took me a little bit out of it for sure. Um, and like, there really wasn't like, not that they would do like in the last movie and then like a recap, but like they didn't even do any kind of like scene setting for how, like, you know, it had been a little while since you've seen the last movies maybe. So like they didn't do any of that to, to kind of set you up for, 
this this huge conflict because like Smaug is such a big, I mean, one of the movies is named after him. Yeah. He's got his name in the title. And then so like the conclusion of that is just like a, a whisper in the wind. It's here and it's gone. So awesome scene. Um, it, some interesting like differences from the books for sure. Uh, but, you know, I don't necessarily think and, and it's something I've said before. I, I don't think it's uh, like a filmmaker's job is, to po- is supposed to like just perfectly you know interpret the book one for one i think it's it's an artistic process yeah. so I, i'm fine with it being different but um the pacing definitely threw me for a loop um but like who doesn't love seeing like dragons and stuff so like overall like really no complaints oh yeah totally and i think you make a great point i think the interesting thing with smog is like he was the uh he was the, the big card for them to play you know and yeah. it was kind of like we'll tease it you know in an unexpected journey you really get to show him off in desolation but we don't get to see the finale of that until the beginning of this film and i wonder sometimes people talk about this like what if he would have destroyed lake town and that would have been the end of desolation uh and like maybe maybe the moment bard gets the the arrow and he grabs the arrow maybe that's when you end it and you're like okay we're gonna we're gonna see that uh but either way i think you still have the problem where you do start off with it's like a climax of the final or the last film and now we're jumping straight into it and then that happens and then the title rolls with battle of the five armies and you're like wow that was really intense and yeah. there are a few more you know big intense moments in this movie but it's it's hard to top like a guy oh. shooting down a dragon yep. uh, which by the way if you've ever watched the i think you have too many like the animated version of the hobbit mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure bard is just like a dude who shows up and he like walks out in the town with a bow and arrow and he's like Boop, and he just like shoots and he just yeah. nails it I think yep. the way they framed this was so much cooler having like yeah. Bard's son be like part of the bow because the bow yeah. broke and like you see Smog like charging down after him. I was like, that was really intense. I was like, it that's pretty cool. so intense. Yeah. And like it, um, it's so dramatic. It's it's yeah. it's just drama like overflow. Right. Um, in the book, if I remember correctly, he like he does just have a bow. It's not like a turret yeah. uh, or whatever, a tower. And he walks out and um, he starts to like he goes through all of his arrows and they all kind of plink off of off of the dragon. And uh, he has this one last arrow and he's about to shoot it. And a bird, I think it's a thrush, lands on his shoulder and Ah. is like, hey, uh, wait, uh, shoot the hollow point in his breast. And so like this bird who like kind of I think it alludes to the fact that the bird was like kind of around and heard some of the talk. Sure. With like. Thorin and like the bird had some context the bird kind of knew what was up and so the this random ass bird just like comes over and he's like hey hit that part and he's like got it bird yeah. when he shoots it so um that would have been weird that would have been a weird yeah. thing to see in the movie like I think the it reminds me of like when Gandalf grabs the moth at the top yes. of the and he's like go catch me an eagle or whatever that's very cool because there's like a sense of like there's like an organic friendship between mm-hmm. like this you know wizard and nature and that's okay. cool but if it was just like i'm a guy and a bird told me to do the thing like it yeah. just feels like, i'm glad they didn't do that i think that moment was super cool um and just like physics physically like physics wise i think it, it was really cool it's like well i got this huge arrow and i need something to prop it oh child come here child so I think it's cool. It adds, adds a lot of cool um, drama and, and a sense of personality, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. And another thing I kind of noticed on this last time that I'd watched it is that Bard's uh, firing style, it's an inverted um, kind of arm yeah. style, which is the exact same way that Lurtz fires his arrows. So seeing that again, I'm like, oh, it's so cool. But I, it's something 
I don't know, it's maybe it's like a fantasy archetype, but just seeing like a, an archer in a tower shooting at a dragon, like that's so cool. Yeah. Like that, like the imagery of that. I'm like, oh, this is like, I like this. Uh, and uh, man, like, but we talked about it. it is, it's a big impactful moment. You, you have like the master leaving in this comical fashion. Cause remember the Hobbit, as we've talked about in the other, like, you know, podcasts that the Hobbit is a bit more kind of uh it's cut and dry it's black and white i think and it's right. more a little more cartoony so the the master is leaving on a barge filled with all the gold from the city to go who knows where uh but then of course when smog dies he smashes down and crashes onto that boat uh because you know comeuppance right i don't remember right. if that happens in the book itself or i i don't, I don't know. think so i do remember when uh, in the books there's a whole there's this huge sense of what's going on inside smog's head which mm. i think is really cool That's and i cool. think would be difficult for the movie but you yeah. get like an inside look at what he's thinking and he's like looking at this bridge if i remember correctly and it was on fire and uh, he has this moment where he's like, oh, if I touch the water, then it'll create so much steam. It'll envelop the whole town. And so you get like this, like, oh, cool. This, it's in whatever it is, uh, interior monologue. Is yeah, that what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, uh, this interior monologue of him being like, OK, like, what do I want to do here? Like, and, um, you know, coming off of the last movie, if you remember, he's so angry, like he was just covered in gold. And then he gets super pissed off and he comes back with with a vengeance. So. I think it's really cool the way they did that in the book. But I mean, for movie purposes, it's not like you could have him talking to the audience. Like, it'd be weird. It'd, yeah. it'd be a little strange. So, um, but yeah, it, it is pretty cartoony. Like, you know, I think it's a pretty common trope for like the king or the or the overlord um, to be like, my gold and try to escape and yeah. abandon and stuff. Um, and then you have this like hero figure come out of, you know, like prison, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah it's it's a really cool moment and i think like beat to beat it makes it makes for a pretty fun ride oh totally you know i was just thinking about this while you're talking about that what if uh the gold had solidified just enough in that spot and unfortunately the dwarves had made it impossible to kill smog and it was just that one little spot that had gold and he's like i'm trying to i'm trying to hit the spot guys but there's yeah. there, why is he shiny in that one spot it's like that guys, one little hole it's just, we didn't think yeah. it through um I also do love that he has a little conversation with Bard from like a uh, couple of football fields away. Like, he, oh, yeah. like <laughs> he's, he's like, he's he's like, like oh, you, you don't have anything except your death. But and he's like whispering basically yeah. and they're like miles apart. Yeah, you know? uh, which um, is so funny because like the way they also shot that and it's it's hard to do, but they kind of make it so that way it looks like they're having a conversation. And it's like a two shot almost, but it makes Smog look like the same size as bard yeah. kind of and you're like yeah. this and he's a ways away still but you're like that's the dragon like that gigantic thing and it's like yeah. when it gets closer you start to be like oh yeah this thing isn't just like human size right. it's gonna it's gonna crush him even though yeah uh, he doesn't get to dang it and then just like that he's like gone you yeah. know what i mean i think like all that build up and all that tension and the, the conversation and the sun and the everything and then it's just gone and if i remember correctly like I don't remember that hashtag, but I remember how aggressively they promoted Smog throughout those two last yeah. films. And like, he did an interview with like Stephen Colbert, and like it was this huge focal point. And then it was just like, and he's gone. Okay, yeah. now moving on to the next thing. Um, and I agree. I think it's hard to top a dragon. So like, you know, so the police are driving by, or so I don't know if you can hear that, but yeah. um, <laughs> it's hard to like. I don't know. After it happened, I was just like huh i know i know it's called the battle of five armies and i've read the book i know how it goes but like that was a pretty big moment i don't know yeah like, 
feels like we can't really go up from here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because like after that, you think like, man, this is going to be quite the ride. Like that's the beginning of your movie. That means the rest of it's going to be so impactful. It almost feels a little bit like kind of what they tried to do with Two Towers, where um, eventually where you show Gandalf and the Balrog and later on you show the end of that fight. But I understand where it's like they kind of needed to wrap that up, especially if they're going to name this movie that and they didn't want to change it because if they didn't do that, then I guess we'd try to make Smog part of the fight, but that would be so hard to do, uh, logistically yeah. speaking. But yeah, I, I totally hear you. But then it's like, okay, that's done. It's own little microfilm, like Dragon yep. Destroys Town, Man Destroys Dragon, we're moving on. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, let's see what the aftermath is. And apparently all of Middle-Earth is abuzz with the fact that Smog is dead. Uh, one thing the films, I think, have a hard time doing is displaying the passage of time. And we've talked about this in the past too. Like in the books, a lot of times, like it's if Bilbo and the dwarves went to Rivendell, they might be there for like a week or something. And like in the movie, it looks like a night or two nights maybe. Uh, and this this could have happened over a long stretch of time while the dwarves are kind of still hanging out in Erebor, uh, kind of building a defense and searching doggedly for the Arkenstone. And... Yeah. Uh, this is where like the the film kind of hinges on this this point this point of like you know thorin is he's king of the mountain he's got the dragon sickness now he's obsessed with gold he's even quoting smog even though he's never heard him before um right and bilbo's kind of like hey like uh are you okay and thorin's like someone here i can't trust him and he's like but you're the only one i can trust and you're like oh no yeah um yeah trust me for sure guys yeah it's like it's okay um i i think it works uh it it is just kind of tragic and i think uh because the the relationship between the two of them doesn't really i don't think it shifts too much within um desolation it's more of just like him saying yeah you're obviously competent like thorne's like yeah bilbo you're a competent guy we're glad you're here uh but i feel like not much has changed since the end of unexpected journey uh to this point so it could have been even more heartbreaking if they would have had more like moments like hanging out together like chatting you know buddy buddy because yeah. this happens and you're, you're supposed to feel really really bad and i was like yeah it kind of hurts but it's not like if aragorn and frodo um for some reason i don't know the two of them i feel like had more time together in yeah. one movie like you know totally, totally. Like, and, and i think like Obviously, the relationship between Thorne and Bilbo is supposed to be a, a major focal point, right? And I think throughout the movie, you're seeing them kind of move in opposite trajectories, right? Yeah. Like you're seeing Thorne be this like kind of honorable, mighty, soon to be hopeful king guy, and and Bilbo kind of be this like lowly, I don't want to leave my house hobbit. And then they kind of shift, right? Like you see Bilbo trying, like kind of taking control of his like destiny and becoming that like thief, robber, sneaky man. Yeah, and like doing some heroic stuff and that's awesome. And then you see Thorin kind of degrade and almost in a similar fashion to um, like Gollum with the ring or Frodo with the ring, you seem kind of like greed. And, and of course the trope of like, everyone's corruptible if you put power in front of them. Um, and it's interesting. I think like, if you look at like the, the drama between those two, it can, it can oftentimes be almost like comically tragic where sure. like, you're just like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, it's just like, he has the stone and you, they're talking about trust it just seems like kind of like folly like why can't they just like have a a real conversation and be like hey man look like you're going through some stuff and i'm going through some but like i don't know i i think if you if you look at it like almost you would a fairy tale or like a myth right of Mm -hmm. like um, 
uh, uh, who's the guy who flew too close to the sun? Icarus. Icarus, right? So it's like, obviously a real person couldn't build wings made out of glue and feathers and fly, and then they get too close to the sun. It's too far away. So yeah. like, <laughs> if you break, if you like suspend your disbelief just a little bit, but in the personal sense, I think their drama becomes a lot more impactful. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like, okay, like the, it's about the takeaway. It's not necessarily about the details of the drama. And so I think that takeaway is, what is corruption? What is trust? Like, yeah. what does trust mean to different people? And um, like the, the two different cultures kind of clashing of dwarf and hobbit. And um, I think there's like a, a lot, a lot there. That's really cool. If you just like, just kind of get over the, the realism or lack thereof um, and kind of immerse yourself in the themes. I think it's very, very cool. Oh, totally. I think for me, what it would, and we'll talk about something I feel like you could cut later on but I'd rather replace with this time is maybe the other dwarfs get in there. And Gloin is supposed to be, he's like Gimli's dad. He's supposed to be like the penny pincher of the group. What if right. you start getting these guys in there and they all start looking at the gold? Like, yeah, this is mine. Or they like start grabbing things. And one's like, Hey, no, they like, ha ha ha. Like I, I called that one. They're like, no, I'm holding it. And that's like, it's mine. And then they all start yeah. to like turn on each other. That I feel like would make Thorin's kind of, a feeling towards his comrades, these people he's known for so long versus Bilbo yep. a little more uh, palatable. Like I'd be like, Oh yeah, I get why he's starting to distrust them. Cause they're all starting to be like, well, you know what? Like I'm, I'm that here too. It's mine. And that you thing know? is mine. Totally. Like, totally. And, uh, and it's a theme we've seen before. Like, like, you know, multiple people standing on the brink of Mount doom being like, uh, I, I think I'm going to keep it. Right. Or yeah. like, you know the Boromir you know turning on Frodo so like yeah. all these moments where you get to the one yard line and you're like oh no nah, I'm gonna go with corruption corruption sounds cool I'm gonna go with that <laughs> yeah so like it, it's something we've seen before so I, I agree I think like kind of um like softening that blow a little bit or at least making it more unique because we really haven't seen too much throughout the whole you know the Fellowship Trilogy and the Hobbit we haven't seen too much of like that greed of the dwarves and and yeah. honestly it's 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 a part of the dwarves culture and it's part of their race they hide in their mountains with their gold right like that's their thing yeah so i think it would have been really cool to, to kind of see a little bit more of that oh totally i think uh this gets to another part too where uh the dwarves are kind of uh they're they've all gotten back together they're in erebor and they're yeah. kind of getting their fortifications up and you know, thorn's talking to you know bilbo about like oh i don't know who i can trust i can trust you though and he gets the mithril armor his undershirt or yeah. whatever uh, i think I, I really kind of wish, and maybe he gets at this point in the book, I wish they would have given that to Bilbo at the very end when he was leaving. Because all I can think later on when the dwarves were dropping like flies, I'm like, was there only one of these? I'm like, D right. is there, yeah. are there more? Like, you guys should probably cope yourself. I'm like, uh, you gave it to, you're, you gave it to the burglar. Like, I love yeah. it. Guys, I get it. Uh, it's just like, okay, yeah. it's a mighty gift, uh, all the same. But I don't know how Mithril works. Uh, and it seems like I don't know why sure. they only had some of it. It's not that big of a deal. It's just something I think yeah. about when they're getting their cool dwarf armor on. And I'm like, well, that's only going to do so much, boys. Like, <laughs> I have something else that could work for you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know if like, do you ever like think about those types of things? Or you're just like, well, at this point, you know, in the book, he got it. And they were like, well, let's just follow it as closely as we can for now. Yeah. I you think, know? again, like, it, I, I don't think it's the... I don't think it's Peter Jackson's job to be like, what happened in the book? Okay, we're doing it. What happened? Sure. Because A, wouldn't work as a film. And B, I think like it's it's more about the like overarching connection of worlds, right? So I think connecting the Fellowship world with the Hobbit world, um, because they are kind of segmented, right? Um, both in like literal time, like the Hobbit came out 
much after the the fellowship movies came out and so i think it was just more of like that like haha do you remember this kind of thing yeah um not necessarily in a fan service way i think it was more of like a of a genuine world building kind of way sure uh, but there's definitely the thing that stands out to me the most and, and we can talk about this later of course is how conveniently legless gets away with things <laughs> like, like there's some moments where like his physics like yes. um there's kind of a sense of like oh okay like you're kind of lucky that thing fell on the thing that was about to kill you or mm-hmm. whatever um, which like happens in the fellowship thing for sure but there was it there was less of a reliance on it so like it almost comes off as like he's not as skilled as he is super fortunate in battle yeah i think about those things a lot for um, sure we'll talk about it you know oh we will <laughs> Oh, we're gonna get to it. Uh, the other thing I, I feel remiss to not to mention because I I do forget that it's in this. Um, but it's another uh, a climax from another storyline that comes up pretty early on in this film, and that is the the beat down at Dolgaldor. Uh, so it's like for the the Lord of the Rings nerd and myself, Manny. Uh, there are things I adore about this, and then equal parts I'm like it like it kind of hurts me. Uh, but anyway, so Gandalf's been trapped. He's he's a Dolgaldor. Sauron's there, uh, and all the orcs have left at this point. So it's like, eh, it's just Sauron or whatever. But uh, Gladriel shows up, and it's I love how they shoot this, where it's like you see, I think like her foot first, and it's like this horrible, dark, dingy place, and then you just see like this like white foot and this like this dress, like kind of walking into this place, and you're like. Oh my gosh, this is like high fantasy, like just take a picture yeah. of it, hang it above your uh, your mantle. But you get her going in not only uh, by herself, but she's rolling in there with Elrond and Saruman to free Gandalf, uh, which that right there is like, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it because like the idea of it is like so cool. Like, yeah. And like Elrond, yeah. who I haven't really seen do too much uh, in the movies besides I think like, the very beginning of um, fellowship like in the video right. games he usually has like water powers and stuff so i was like kind of expecting that to show up or so i was like i don't know what he's gonna do um, yeah exactly uh and then they end up um you know fighting the well i guess technically at this t- at this point they are the nazgul maybe the like the ghosts yeah. of the the dead kings uh yeah in their ghost forms and I gotta be honest, I absolutely hate them. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I really do. I'm so sorry. Like, I, I don't know what you think. Yeah, I think like it's one of those things where like it, it's a, it's almost an inconsistency, and like it hurts to say that, but it's just like, uh, aren't they good? They're ghosts, but like, couldn't you only see them with the ring? Uh, uh, okay, whatever. Uh, and the battle's over, kind of thing. So yeah. I think there's definitely a sense of like uh, maybe some like not plot holes, but just like in, uh, inconsistencies, I think is the best way to put it. Um, and I'm sh- I'm sure if you sat Peter Jackson down and he would be like, well, actually the so-and-so when before they turn into the blah, 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 this is their form. This is whatever. So like, I'll let it go kind of thing. But I definitely had a similar reaction where I was just like, uh, okay, okay, sure. It's cool. It's, it's a moment where you're just like, it's cool to see them. Yeah. And that's it. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, I'll accept it because I am a fan, you know? Yeah, I just there's something there's one line in Fellowship when Saruman says, you know, they 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 left. They they're dressed as riders in black. How amazing would that a callback have been like 60 years later to say that right. to Gandalf and Gandalf's like, 
what are you talking about? Like, I thought you took, I thought we took care of this. Like, you like, did a whole thing. Come I just on, like, if, and you just kind of, maybe they're afraid to redo Weathertop a little bit in this kind of dark, dingy place with dark cloaked uh, sword wielding assassins. Yeah. I just, I would have adored it. Uh, and I know that it isn't Christopher Lee, right? Who's jumping around. You, you do get him kind of stepping in and saying a few things, but I like seeing Saruman go to work a little bit. Uh, I like seeing Elrond go to work. Uh, And I think we've talked about this in the past too. I get why they kind of um, maybe modernized the the look of evil Galadriel, kind of more like the grudge, uh, kind of like creepy, just like witch lady, as opposed to like green light emanating from her. How do you feel about it? Do Do you like that look? I think it's cool. I think it's one of those interesting things because I think the elves are so mystical to begin with. You're just like, oh, the wonders this race must hold. And so I think just seeing more elements of whether their powers or their outfits or their fight or their combat style or whatever, I'm like kind of down for any of it. Um, Just because again, like it speaks to something that, that we touched on in the last episode we did together where like the world is going to continue being the world regardless of what's happening. So like the elves have all the others, all these other things going on for themselves. The dwarves have all these other things going on. And so the world just kind of keeps on going. And um, it's just a glimpse into that world. Um, and, and it's not necessarily making it a huge, huge deal. It's just like, yes, this is what she looks like right now because she's in battle or something. So I, I think it just speaks to that sense of like, okay, this is a world that lives. And, sure. and I, I just happen to be here witnessing it. So. Mm-hmm. For me, I thought it was very cool. Yeah. Okay. Do you prefer that look over the fellowship look at all? If you just aesthetically speaking, I I, I don't think so. Just okay. because like fellowship forever. Dude, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like it's hard. It's hard to be like. Yeah. I guess I like something better than when I first saw it. You sure. know. So that's challenging for me. Yeah, and we don't even get to see Radagast around fight. He does show up, yeah. I believe, with the Rustabel rabbits and helps Gandalf away. Uh, there's this weird like um and gandalf's like you know my lady come with me and even in one of the trailers i think it might have been for unexpected journey uh galadriel from like a cut scene like moves up like a lock of gandalf's hair away from his face i feel like there was like this like push with like the marketing and a little bit of the movie to be like what if like gandalf and galadriel were like secretly in love with each other but never ever said it i don't like it never i don't know man like do you know what i'm talking about (laughs) It's oh, like... totally i think it's like it's one of those interesting like um and and again i think it's like the viewer like we as viewers totally put our own um like we're viewing this world through our own lens right and so we're sure. like i don't know mystical woman mystical man or maybe but like in their world maybe it was completely platonic you know yeah. so like it's hard to remove that lens through which we see everything and yeah. especially the media and, and popular culture but um I, there's definitely a sense of like oh, what? and then i'm like well what's the age difference i need to look some stuff up here yeah. like, i gotta figure out what's happening but uh but then you're like oh yeah gandalf is like an angel figure you know who happens to take the form of a of an old man so like who knows what he's into <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? i forget what gladriel's is it her husband or like the guy she rules over uh lothlorien with yeah Calibre that's a good question or whatever something uh, is it Kel- Brimbor? is he from is he from lord of the like um shadow of war and shadow of mordor you see the guy who helps Great, wars but... the wings or the rings uh anyway it doesn't really matter it was just something i thought that was funny and i've heard a lot of other people comment on uh, and i get why they never followed it up but at the same time if that were true and it could have been uh you think she would have been 
or maybe she knew that he was coming back as Gandalf the White, and that would have been a cool reunion uh, in Lord of the Rings. Right. But she's like, oh, Gandalf fell. That's too bad. And then it's like all the other elves are singing the lament of Gandalf, and she's like, well, I'm going to terrify this hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's good. Um, but they banish, I guess she banishes Sauron uh, to the east. And I watched an interview with Christopher Lee, and it's excellent. It's just a few, it's just a little bit. Um, but he says, you know, so he says, leave Sauron to me. And you're like, and he said that in that moment, uh, Saruman, for him, was saying, I'm going to go take care of it. I'm yeah. going to go deal with this guy myself. And it's funny because in the movie, in the way I took it, was always like he was saying that. But because he was so like, oh, this isn't a thing in the first place. It was almost like he was covering it up. And I thought this was his like kind of final way to be like, guys, don't right. worry. I got this. Not a big deal. Yeah. And he's like, Sauron, we, you barely got out of there, dude. Like, that was bad. Like, you know, yeah. I don't know if you took it that way yourself. That's exactly how I took okay. it. I thought it was him being like, I'm going to go take care of him. And then him being like, they almost found us out. Yeah. man. Like, <laughs> like, we got out of there real sneaky. So, yeah, I think it's interesting, like, Again, it, it's some of that like puzzle, putting the pieces of the puzzles together. It's like, yeah. okay, this is taking place before. So like maybe this is the moment where he gets corrupt. Um, so it, it does give you a sense of like his timeline specifically about like where does he, where and when does he finally take the plunge to the dark side? You know, like when does he decide that um, the world isn't necessarily worth saving and he wants to side with who he thinks is the victor. Um, yeah. So it does definitely do that. Like, oh, okay, I see how this fits into the overall narrative of of this of the ring, the saga of the ring. Yeah, and uh, kudos to them for like making Sauron still ethereal. And even though I always want to see him in his armor form, it must have been hard for yeah. them to be like, well, we have to banish like a dark force, like that's basically right. fog and fire, kind of. And they like it still it can they convey it well enough. And even though I'm giving I'm throwing shade at our Nazgul boys who might not even be like full Nazgul at this point. The design yeah, of them, uh, yeah, the design is great. I like it. It just feels so hollow, for lack of a better term. Uh, but when they're, like, you know, blocking attacks and stuff, I'm like, this is just, I mean, it's, you know, yeah. that's kind of how I felt, honestly, throughout a lot of these because of the the CGI with even the orcs and the goblins and stuff. I'm like, you know, yeah. it doesn't feel the same. Yeah. And you can you can really tell that if you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff on it that uh, they, they did make tweaks and changes, and I don't know if a lot of it was because of what they wanted or if it was because of time or ease of use and not having to put actors through just the worst possible prosthetics to be like, all right, you're going to be in a goblin for the next 12 hours. So get used to it. And it's like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I love that that scene exists though, because it does, it's all like its yeah. own little mini movie that kind of it's building up throughout the movies and uh, you know, adds to it. I just, I really would have loved to see those ring wraiths show up in the black cloaks again. Oh my gosh. I would have been like, uh. <laughs> And I think they're, I think another, like these films have so many, they're like tropes within tropes underneath tropes, like all these different elements, both from previous films and from like writing themes and everything high fantasy. And so like, I think the trope of like old wrinkly man actually fights pretty hard. Like, yeah. I think like that cool part where you're like, hey, he's an old ghost. Oh my God. He can hit. Like, I think that's the exciting part. Yeah. Um, so like seeing them fully kitted out with their armor and their cloaks and whatever, like I think that almost makes it. It, it um, you can anticipate the tension. You can be like, okay, well, they look pretty tough. 
Um, so I think like the element of like, he's a wrinkly old ghost man, but oh, wow, he throws a punch. Like, I think that's the that's supposed to be the adventurous, exciting part of, that, of combat. Oh, yeah. And it's got that anime quality, too, where they start showing up out of nowhere from different like entrances. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, when the good guys feel like badasses, like you feel cool, because more often than not, the greatest guys or like the, the heroes or whomever are usually caught off guard and it not so often do you get the villain who's like oh what you brought the whole a team the a team's here like there's walking in elrod's like bringing his sword out and you're like oh my gosh um and it's like I mean, right. like it's like end game stuff yeah. you know what i mean it's like the portals opening up so like uh, to give to give uh you know to give a sense of like the big the good guys mounting their big comeback is awesome like I'll, I'll watch that every time oh yeah totally uh and you think gandalf after this after being kind of beat up by uh azog and sauron for a bit he'd be like you know what i'm taking a little bit of a break and he's like wait a second i i left those dwarves and that hobbit uh going into mirkwood probably should check back in uh and so he decides to head right over to he thinks lake town but then ends up being dale uh, where we see the the remnants of the the group kind of uh, the humans that were around who survived kind of all circle around bard and say like hey you know what uh we saw that you you killed the dragon you're our new leader the master of the lake is dead uh so what are we gonna do and he's yeah. all like hey we should probably hang out in that town that nobody wants to hang out in because they're afraid of the dragon because the dragon's dead and it seems like a good idea uh and this is manny this is the thing that gets me the most about this particular film it's a little bit uh, annoying in the last one but alfred uh they give him so much to do in this and it's yeah. nothing uh and it's so painful and i don't know why they did it if you guys have forgotten who alfred is uh congrats he doesn't do a bad job it's not the actor's fault it's just that like he's like this he's such a bootlicker he's like this oh you know what the master of the uh, the lake town is dead i'm gonna join bard is my new guy i'm all about bard and then he's also like a coward and they spent so much time on alfred and i'm like why yeah. don't you spend any of that time on any of the dwarves like <laughs> really anyone else like yeah you've got yeah. to be kidding me he's so like less tolerable less compelling version of like grima right? oh yeah it's like him like i just want to side with whoever's gonna win and yeah. i don't care like morals out the window kind of thing but i agree like he's like so much less compelling and uh use that time I, i'll watch gandalf read a book like anything yeah. yeah exactly like you know that moment later on where it's like 30 seconds of just you know bilbo and gandalf sitting there and they don't speak and it's like this great scene because they're good actors and it's just like a wonderful moment yeah. that you know, i would double that triple it i don't even care i'll tell you like and again it's totally. not to throw shade at like whoever thought of alfred or like alfred is the, the actor or whatever it's just that like he's just there's nothing he adds nothing. Yep. He only takes away. And then they start like having him later on try to flee and he'll dress up as a woman. And like, and it's this yep. whole, like, it's a joke that he's in drag and all right, maybe that plays, maybe it was for the kids. Maybe that was the whole point. It's like, they're like Alfred's for the kids uh, who are going to see this yeah. movie, but it is just, it's intolerable. Like, <laughs> it's... It feels super like empty and like yeah. kind of pointless. And I think that's a lot of people's arguments about, you know why these films aren't super great is because there is so much of that yeah. um i think you know you look at tariel and and oh. a lot of other things and people yeah. are just like why was it included it just it doesn't seem to add anything and if it's not adding then it's like inherently taking away so yeah um, I, I 
agree there. Uh, what I do like, though, is like Bard kind of getting thrust into this whole situation, and he was kind of against it in the first place, but it has kind of worked out in his favor, in a sense, even though his uh, his house was destroyed, but Lake Town, you know, was kind of whatever, but his kids got out. Like, that's kind of amazing that that happened. But now he's the leader, and uh, little does he know that he's going to not only have to fight to kind of get money from the dwarves, but he's also going to act as kind of the interim king of this people or the leader of this people when Thranduil shows up uh, with his elven army and he's kind of and Thranduil at this point who I still think is just a hilarious character because all he really wants are those those starlight necklaces or whatever and even Thorin like he sees them Thorin sees them in Erebor and he's like I know an elf who you know pay a like a king's ransom for these and it's like dude just give him the stuff like it's just come on um but I love that Bard kind of gets thrown in with this and you always have this feeling that he is still, he's like an elected official uh, who got there after years and years and years of work. He didn't like, he wasn't born into this. Like he was right. like thrust into it after uh, some like amazing circumstances on top of all of it. Uh, but being like a champion for the people. So when he's hanging out with like Thranduil and Gandalf and they're like kind of deciding what to do, it always feels like he's just like one second away of being like, guys, just screw it. Like, I don't even want to be part of this anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I'm it's out. Also like, like imprisoned not too long. Ago. Yeah. By these same and, people. Like, same folks and so like it's always so funny to me that it's another trope it's just like the like oh good guy the corrupt king puts a good guy in jail but then like the good guy wins the day and we're all like sorry good guy we had you in jail yeah or will you beat us and he's like yes i will so like that i don't know it it kind of bugs me a little bit i think there are parts of of media video games movies whatever when um people are too quick to forgive about like tremendous things um i'm just like eh, really like i'm not gonna spoil it but in miles morales there's a there's a huge glaring forgive moment and i'm just like really you're gonna forgive this oh my god okay sure i guess uh you're spider-man not me so it there's definitely a sense of that i I think i was frustrated by it because i'm like i don't know it would have felt kind of cool for him to be like me no 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 i'm not leaving i'm getting out of here with my child and you guys can all do whatever you want i don't care yeah so uh that would have been fun but not realistic obviously well he could have because he's like a fisherman so he's like you know what i can provide for myself and you know what to be honest with you guys i don't really enjoy doing this work for you in the first place so peace out boys. i never like you i think you're the worst you're all tolerable goodbye for sure I, I do like, though, we do get, uh, I it's unintentionally hilarious, uh, but it's a, an exchange between Bard, who goes up, uh, I don't know if he's with Thranduil at the time, but he goes up to kind of talk to the dwarves. Um, and, uh, you know, there's Thorin, he's up there, they're kind of, they've barricaded themselves in Erebor, and Bard's like, hey, hey, like, hey, Smog's dead. Hi, I did that, um, and I know that everybody's been after me for so long. They're like, well, Menzame would have been so... Well, guess what? Menzame was good today. Um, so if you just you come down, we'll talk about what's due, even though I didn't want you to go in the first place. And they have this like conversation through this... like like It's like a diamond or a rhombus shape that's you know part of the destroyed entrance. And it's like they're kind of on the same level, sort of. And I think I've seen people meme this or kind of gif it, I should say. But it's like Thorin's talking to him. And he kind of, like, has a moment where he wants to step away, and he, like, just slowly moves back. And it's, like, yeah. super disrespectful. But it's yeah. so funny, it's and I really love funny. it. It's like, And I think it just also, like, points to, like, the tension between races, right? Like, oh, totally. 
this movie is about that tension and we see it in, in the fellowship we see it in the previous two films but like so much of this movie i mean it's like the battle of the five armies there's five different groups of beings that are all fighting and they all hate each other so i think it's just more of that like where can they like kind of like you know twist the twist the knife a little bit um those moments are always super fun oh yeah and i love too that like if it would have been the master I don't think it would have changed too much, but you know what? That exchange would have been very different. And you know, the master would be like, Hey, like I welcome you into my town. Stuff went down. Uh, but I still think you said you're going to gold was going to flow from the mountains. So like, where's the gold? Um, you know, you know, as opposed to, uh, like with Bard who kind of like, he helped them out, but then was kind of against them moving forward with this whole thing. So I get where Thorne's coming from. And also Thorne is completely gripped by, the the corruption or that dragon sickness at this point uh and i I don't know there's just something there's something so great about it and i just love just the switch of thorin this whole time just kind of being like i'm you know i'm this prince but i've been i've been a nomad and i've been a blacksmith i've been the butt of everybody's joke for so long and he's like well guess what i've got the power now and everybody get out and if you try to get close to me i will kill every last one of you and it's like dude you were just you're hanging out with me yesterday (laughs) it's like yeah we're cool we were boys like so not long ago uh yeah and it's just again just seeing that that kind of fall into corruption being gripped by that dragon sickness which is the coolest way to say greed yeah, uh it is. You know, it's it's a it's such a thing and and i think in in all of tokens work it's such a powerful um it's a powerful force you know because like it everyone kind of gets we see all these different characters just getting touched by corruption left and right and it ultimately like ultimately destroys them for lack of a better way to put it you know like we see it with boromir we see it with bilbo like bilbo would have been screwed if if i didn't take the ring from him Gollum is Gollum, you know like frodo could barely make it to the to the end zone technically didn't you know so like um it's it's just like like corruption and greed is like another character in these films it's just like a character um you just can't physically see yeah, oh, totally. Uh, you, th- you make such a good point. I-, I even think back to, like, Isildur, who was just, like, you know, had that moment so many years ago, and he was like, you know what, I'm just going to wear this around my little necklace and yeah. just kind of, <laughs> like... The only one who, like, paid it any mind was Aragorn. He's yeah. like, I will be king because I know I will be corrupt. So, like, he's the only person in the whole world, in all of Middle-earth, who's like, no, I'm terrified of corruption. I don't want to get it anywhere near this thing. It's crazy. I'm just starting to come to this, like, that we don't get a lot of Elrond saying anything like that to Aragorn. Like, I wonder if there would have been any moment where Elrond would have been like, hey, you know, Arwen, I don't really want you to hang out with this guy because I knew his great, 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 great granddad, and that guy sucked. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead, he's like, he's going to die one day. Yeah, much <laughs> less compelling argument. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, Just Gandalf, like, in the beginning of the Fellowship, was oh, like, totally. I can't take it from you. No, man, don't. No. So, like, you know, it's it's just I never actually thought about the fact that Aragorn was the only one who paid attention to corruption. Dude, yeah, he's <laughs> worried about it. And he's yeah, like the, the only human world. who's going to turn it down, right? Right. I right. guess oh, Faramir to an extent, too. We'll give it to Faramir. That's true. Actually, very good point. Yeah, yeah and yeah. a lot of that, I think, is because he wanted to be like, oh, because Boromir died doing this. He's like, well, I'm better than that guy. Everybody's been saying it since day one, especially my dad. Um, he saw, like, uh, you know, uh, Frodo and Sam. He's like, you guys are right adorable go go ahead go get out of here you, you crazy kids um but anyway uh of course we just fall you can't help but fall back in that lord of the rings pit baby that isengard pit uh <laughs> um but anyway so we we have this kind of situation this um 
this growing tension as the five armies start to show up. And I love trying to count because I think in the movie it's different than what the book counts the actual five armies as being, but I could be yeah. wrong. Um, but anyway, so we start off with uh, the the human faction, which is not really a lot of them, but the elves show up in force because Thranduil will not be denied his bling. Uh, he's, re- he's ready to kill everybody for it, uh, which yeah. is hilarious. And then riding like an elk yes. or a moose. It's it's like a super a elk. And I, I I I wish and I get why they couldn't do like a legit like elk like that, right? It just it doesn't I don't know if it holds up to me, and I don't even think it did at the time. I remember thinking like, oh, that's kinda cool. And it again, it's you have to think of like kind of cartoon saturation in this where it's like, well, it's an elk, but it's got twenty-five like points, you know, or thirty-five yeah. points or whatever it's gonna be. Um but I remember thinking like, okay, I guess that's what Thranduil would ride. I guess sure. uh, yeah. it's like very like chic. Yeah, it's like very chic. Very, like, very posh. Yeah. yeah, like his sword is like kind of a katana. Uh, like yeah. which is yeah. pretty cool. Like yeah. I get it. Um, he he gets a few moments where he gets to like he skewers like five orcs and he cuts all their heads off. But uh, but they show up and then uh, like we see that the other dwarves from the Iron Hills I think show up and Dane. Thorne's cousin shows up and in the extended edition we talk about you know Manny with the forgiveness in the extended edition of this the R-rated cut the dwarves and the elves have it out for a little bit the elves start flinging their arrows as elves are known to do but the dwarves have this amazing invention that shoots these ballistas that have like these kind of spinners on the back that propel and and kind of expel or repel I should say the arrows and they start, I like looked at this, and I remember seeing this the first time, and I was like, oh, those ballistas when they land, they're killing elves. Like, it's not like a, oh, like, it just, like, it just, nothing happened. They start yeah. killing each other. Uh, and I get why they took it out, because when they eventually team up, I would think that would be the hard forgiveness moment, I guess, or if they're like, oh. we're racist towards each other, but we're more racist towards these guys. Like, Yeah, it's the like, enemy of my en- and my enemy is yeah. whatever, you know? So there definitely is, I, I totally agree. Like that is, that for sure is one of those moments where I'm like, really your eons and decades of racism. You just, okay, fine. Yeah. You could have just either not been racist in the first place yeah. or had just continued to be racist, but you chose to do both. Yep. Okay. That's fine. Um, yeah. Just, I, I don't know. That, that never sits well with me. Um, unless it's like a setup to like a future betrayal, in which case I'm down. Yeah. But if it's just like a flat out, like, I think we can put our differences behind us. It's like, can you really though? Okay, sure. I'm just the viewer. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think, uh, like I said, it's kind of predicated on the fact that like the elves didn't help the dwarves. And I'm not sure if that's the first salvo years and years and years ago, uh, or if there's something before that even. And that's why they all kind of hated each other. And I looked into it too. So Dane shows up and uh, I know him from Muppet Treasure Island. Uh, He's Billy Bones. Uh, He's a pretty well-known actor. And I don't know, they they kind of facial captured him. And I don't know if it was a time thing or um, with the actor, if they needed to do that. It it just is a a, a little offset, maybe. It's kind of Uncanny Valley in the middle of a battlefield. Uh, I don't know if you get that at all. Yeah, definitely like a Beowulf-y CGI-like. I would say not in Shrek territory, but like <laughs> Shrek adjacent, if sure. you will. There's definitely a couple moments of that. And and I think also like, um, you know, with the legless stuff that I talked about earlier, there's mm-hmm. a couple scenes where like, oh, we'll get back to I, it. Forget, I forget which fight scene it's in, but he essentially like jumps in place and then does like a full 
360 like oh. without like twisting his body he just kind of like goes he's like huh? and he spins and then he comes back down i'm just like you got oh, okay sure mm-hmm. whatever physics um but totally with that face there's a couple moments where like it stands out especially if you're watching it on like a very big screen or a very good screen um you're just like oh gosh i, I don't like that at all it was yeah. jarring and I don't remember if it was like uh, a medical necessity for him or if it was something like a time thing. Because later on when he's in the middle of the field and he's he's fighting and he's like headbutting all these orcs, which I'm like, OK, like that again, you won't see Gimli doing that on Pelennor Fields. Like that's not yeah. going to happen. Um, yeah. But anyway, so the, dwar- the dwarves and the elves are fighting for like a little bit, which you don't see again if you're doing the regular edition. They kind of show up and there's this kind of like everybody back off. And it's just kind of, I think, Bard once again, who yet two days ago was just a prisoner uh is now the leader of this group in the middle of this this battle he's got one good confirmed kill to his name i don't want to undersell that but it was very specific circumstances this is not like the guy you're gonna be like all right bard you take the left wing and you tell us what to do he'd be like i don't know experience on the battlefield he's like i don't know man i know salmon all right guys i know salmon very well yeah so like a little weird for sure yeah. uh but then like and this is what i would call the eagles of the bad guys we get the wereworms uh these uh gigantic uh earth consuming and destroying worms that show up uh kind of behind everybody and uh the orcs kind of pour forth um to to destroy to destroy everybody if we if i remember correctly do we ever see the worms actually fighting we don't. Like, if I, because they kind of just show up and then they're like all right yeah that's cool. like it's, yep. and it's so cool and it's very unique and i think it's like um it, I, one of the cool things about the hobbit is that it kind of sheds some light on other parts of tolkien's work totally. outside of earth and and i think this is a good example but like it, it that would have been awesome like yeah. lord of the Rings plus tremors awesome yeah, dude. sign me up you know i'm in but they kind of show up and like dig a bunch of holes and do worm stuff and then they're gone. They're just completely out of the battle. So yeah, missed opportunity. Exactly, and that's where it's kind of like, well, I just I don't know. Maybe that was the point of like them to do the the kind of the big surprise. Um, right. But I think there would probably have been some sort of way to interject them and have them be you know maybe dispatched quickly or something, as opposed right. to being like, well, the werewolves are like, okay, so we're done. We're cool. We said we dig the holes, and you said you'd leave us alone. Or maybe it was against Azog's like battle sequences or plans. I no guess. idea uh but that was kind of a big thing in the trailers it was like look at these worms and i was like well how are they gonna defeat that it's like guess what they don't have to uh it's like if the balrog showed up and he was like you know what you guys made it over the bridge i'm kind of like yeah. the sleep or the <laughs> it's like sleepy hollow with like the headless horseman i uh yeah. i'll leave you to it um <laughs> it's just like uh so I, it's kind of a weird thing but anyway so the orcs show up so that to me i think is that three or four armies including men maybe is that a fourth so, army with men elves dwarves orcs and eagles i think are the last one weirdly I, I might isn't be it two different factions of orcs is it there's the orc from gundabad and the yes. orcs from uh, uh other place name i'm forgetting dull Goldor area yeah yeah we're yeah. hanging out there uh yes because that's another thing and i was gonna i think it's in this one too where um they ride legless rides north uh with tariel and he says like we're gonna go up to gundabad and uh it's it's kind of interesting because they go up there and i love this because like first off gundabad's a sick name second off i like to do more of the north stuff i don't know why lord of the rings north war in the north 
the Witch King, yeah. all that stuff up north. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Um, but so they go up there and they have this like really cool, like red kind of crazy structure. And, you know, like let's hang out to Arlen, He's like, my mother died here or to a Gundabad orc or something. And I'm like, hey, Legolas, this might not be the time like to be yeah. like talking about this. It's, hey, just so you know. Yeah, uh people have died here. Yeah, uh so maybe you make a good point. I think maybe it's the the two orc armies. But anyway, so the Gundabad like Gundabad comes with their bats as well, but the bats are kind yep. of in it a little, not a lot. Um but uh so Tariel and kind of Legolas are the scouting party for that and they come back and they're like, "Hey, there's more orcs coming." Um but I I don't know. It, it gets it gets a little a little there's a lot there's a lot going on here uh yeah you know it feels like uh like michael bay was involved like it's just like (laughs) it's like it's like yeah yeah, it's just like bats let's do worms well oh my god worms well we don't have to have them in the whole thing they just show up oh it'd be so cool to see worms so like again it just feels like this everything in the kitchen sink approach to a battle and like nothing nothing except for endgame has touched the battle of helm's deep yeah and like mm-hmm. and i mean marvel endgame like yeah i don't think any other battle scene i've ever seen in any movie has has held a candle to to uh, helm's deep and so they have the formula they know what works you know like huge sweeping shots like and the cgi wasn't anywhere near what it was when yeah. Hobbit came out and they still did better so like they had the formula and it just seems like they kind of swept that under the rug and just went with a more means better approach yeah. in every regard um and and I totally agree. I think it just gets, it just gets a lot. There's a lot happening. Yeah, uh, and I understand in like the case of this, maybe Endgame as well. It's not like a siege battle, um, but right. I will say this: Helm's Deep is better than Endgame, and not even a question, baby. That there's too many coincidences in Endgame, man. Like people are show, like I don't know how Peter Quill found Gamora. Uh, I'm like, how did you yeah. find her out there? But anyway, there, um, I, I think. Oh man, okay, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about this another time. Yeah. We'll just do an episode on battles, dude. Just that would be a battles. sick. Oh, be oh that's so a fun. sick podcast, dude. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh. But one thing I do love about this fight is that Azog is trying to like rally his troops and he's got like his little flag set up somehow. He got it up there. Don't worry about it. But he's got his little like, hey, guys, these are my directions. And for the first time, I think since maybe even Helm's Deep, we get some sort of like kind of commander who's like kind of leading an army as opposed. um, And I guess Gothamog kind of does it, too. But it's cool to see the bad guys have a little bit of that as opposed to like run at the wall and kill every single one of them. You know, I'm like, yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, and I think that that is a, a definite, um, like pro as opposed to cons of the, of these films is like, I've seen a lot of videos that are like military tactical breakdowns of the battle of five armies. And there's, there's a lot of cool things. There's a lot of things that are unrealistic, obviously, because it's fantasy, but it is, um, it shows like intelligence on the side of the bad guys. I think like to your point about Helm's deep being like a siege, situation you know it very much is like big dumb bad guy run at big good wall you know yeah. and like and and then the everything that ensues after that so i think it's cool for them to be like okay no like we have strategy and um at least as the viewer you know it it definitely gives you a sense of like i don't know if i don't know if it's gonna work out for the for the good team oh god they they know what they're doing so yeah like i think that's a that's a great thing you know this one in particular, uh, we have that moment where like the trolls show up and they all kind of you know, punch down on the hill and they've got like catapults yeah. or the, the elves jumping over the dwarves. I think these are things that make a trailer so amazing and you're like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah. But then like in the movie itself, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel the same. And it also like I, I guess the elves are just 
like they hate the dwarves that much that they're like, you know what, guys, we would rather die first, or we we're gonna do this better than right. you. We're gonna jump over your shield. So it's like great, beautiful, you know, imagery. It feels kind of like three hundred almost, but it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense, uh, which is just unfortunate. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, no, I totally agree, and like you know coming from the games industry where when we think about trailers we're like yes we want those moments where the the trolls are punching down the thing so that when people are watching a trailer like oh my god they have troll catapults yeah. in the game or by the game so like we do you do want to show those like stellar moments or those really um like uh tactically compelling moments like i remember in rage 2 we were like and this is getting a bit off the rails but it was like we want to show the abilities of the character like oh there's the ability where you can gravitate everyone into the sky and smash them down let's show that because that's compelling and then you know maybe it doesn't always land so I, I think to your point of like they showed so much in the trailers and i remember thinking the same thing i'm like oh this battle it's gonna be crazy like i genuinely 100 thought i knew how it went down in the books but i totally thought it was gonna blow a home seat out of the water i yeah. totally did um and it kind of just stumbled a little bit you know for for a handful of reasons one of those being exactly what you pointed out i think it's tough to um to like have these big uh kind of hollywood moments or, or whatever you want to call them and then um and then they they don't have the same impact when you're watching it in, in in full form oh totally and maybe a lot of that is due to the fact that like most of this fight is in like one chapter of the book and bilbo who we get most of this like the perspective of is knocked out and it wasn't like right. Tolkien was like, all right, they came and did this and they came and did this. It like yeah. it, there's not as much of that in this. So maybe that's like the loss of direction. And the right. fact that when I started to think about it, this is like a battle on three fronts because you have the main one in front of Erebor. You have the one that goes back into the town of Dale. And then you have one that's taking place up with Azog and kind of his um, the way he's, you know, kind of checking out the military or kind of you know, combating um, or directing, I should say, the troops. And right. so it gets a, a little messy uh, and it's just going to happen. Uh, I will say special shout out to the one troll that has like a big piece of stone. That's like a triangle and he runs straight into Dale and then immediately knocks himself out. I was like, yep. that's kind of fun. It's great. Uh, but one thing I don't like, and it bothers me because there's like one guy, I think it's like, there's like one or two of these and they almost look like attack on Titan trolls. There's like one troll that like attacks Bard's family and Bard has to do this whole, like he hops like in the town of Dale, like on this cart and like slides down this hill and like jumps at this thing and like stabs it and like catches his hand and everything. But like some of the trolls are like kind of more deformed and their faces are a bit more human. And like it was offsetting or it's upsetting, I should say to me, uh, to me, because like I get like, okay, and unexpected journey, you get those three trolls. They have to have kind of more human personalities, but I kind of liked the animalistic style we see later on down the line. And that's kind of gone here. Like, it's just totally it's like each troll is unique. But because they did that, they all feel a little weird. Like, yeah, they feel like personified in a way that doesn't necessarily play with the context. And I yes. think like context is so important in these scenes where like you got to know why like the trolls who turn get turned into stone, like they have personality because they're interacting with with a titular character yeah. and, and they're interacting with another character who has so much personality but like in a battle in, in like a combat sequence it's not necessarily important at least i think for you know these trolls to have personality yeah. you know they're, they're supposed to be forces of nature with stones on their backs or whatever so 
um i i agree there yeah i'll never forget seeing the trailer for return of the king and uh gandalf's like you know whatever comes to that door you're a soldier's gondor and uh they bust through as the trolls in armor and i thought they were like giant pigmen at first but it's like one of those trolls fights aragorn at the end and if it had like if it took off its helmet and it had like this kind of almost human face or something i'd be like that would feel so weird to like aragorn to (laughs) lose a fight to that thing (laughs) feel like like what um uh so some of that stuff it does kind of bug me and I, like the orcs, like I, I just, I kind of miss it because you're right. You talk back to Helm's Deep or um, Battle Pelon or Fields and Osgiliath. Um, oh, Osgiliath. Osgiliath, by the way, a tiny little fight, but so great. It's so good. Uh, little ambush yeah. and stuff in there. Mm, ooh, so good. Um, but uh, Pelennor Fields um, and Minas Tirith, they, the limited CGI, I think, made it so they had to think, okay, well, you know, when these guys show up, especially uh, on these gigantic towers and it comes, you know, the, the door comes crashing down and the orcs run out, it's a moment where you're like, oh, here it was yeah, like the worms, right? And it's like, it's done. Totally. Like, they come out yeah. and it's like... And I think are. so much of, like, especially like high fantasy or medieval combat scenes, it's it's weight, right? Yeah. Like, the swords, they look heavy yes. and the armor feels significant. And um, I think there's just a lack of that with so much cgi like the the, it's just empty it just feels so hollow you know like you don't have that same oomph you don't have that same uh, impact when people are punched or thrown or or whatever spinning around so like it i I think it just takes a little bit of the i don't want to say realism because we're fighting dwarves and trolls yeah but um, it takes a little bit of the impact is probably the best word for it. it just takes some of that out yeah, and I'm not sure exactly what it is, if it is primarily the CGI or if it's um, a change-up behind the scenes. I don't know, and we were so spoiled on Lord of the Rings because most of the crew, I think, did come and work on these things. But uh, this is a very different uh, style here, and maybe it was toned down a little bit. Uh, obviously, it was you know, for this one because there was like an R-rated cut, but Peter Jackson is known for making things that are pretty hard-hitting. And right. it hurts because you're like, oh, I know what we got. And it's just like, oh, you want to yeah. see that again? Because there's like moments, I'm sure you feel this way too, where you're like, oh, it's almost there. Or you're like, I like this, yeah. but I want to love it. You're like, oh, I like I like this, but we're so yeah. close. Um, and during this whole battle sequence, we have Thorin, who's just hanging out in the gold room, and he's just suffering the, the dragon sickness. And like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, it's the shadow of smog, and he's back. And, you know, Thorin's getting sucked into this. I know people hate that. I kind of like it because I'm like, oh, it's a visual representation for how far he's falling into this madness. But he like snaps out of it. Uh, and some of the best drama, I think, is from the dwarves. And there's I saw like a little gif of Keeley saying, like, I'm not just going to hide while our brothers fight and die uh, for a battle for us. Like, this is our fight. Um, yeah. And finally, when they charge out there and they play the theme that we've been getting uh, that song they sung back, you know, unexpected journey in Bilbo's house. And it's just that triumphant. It's like, Oh, that's a cool moment. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. That's Pelennor fields. That's the Rohirrim charging down. Like that was the like Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson. right there. That was like the little crack of in the Hobbit where like fellowship shown, shown through. Right. So like, I think, you know, I, I I don't know why people don't like that that moment that when when Thorne's kind of in his sickness, like, I I don't know, there's not a lot to not like. I think it's yeah. very it's illustrative of what corruption does. And I, and I think, uh, again, it's just hammering home so much of these films hammer home the concept of like no one is safe from corruption. No one. The only people who are, who are safe are the ones who avoid power, which is what everyone wanted to do again. Um, but uh, yeah, I think like, again, like 
it builds to such a triumphant moment because for a while I remember being like, man, I know how it happened in the book, but like, is he just going to not fight? Like, yeah. <laughs> are they just changing it that much? Like what's happening? So I think when you finally see him do kind of do his own little, uh, you know, Rahiram, uh, 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 reenactment, I'm like, yes, hell yes. That's awesome. Like do that for the rest of the film, please. Oh, totally. Uh, maybe it suffers from the Entmoot sickness is what I like to call it. Or Entmoot kind of feel where it's like the cool battles taking place. Like, but we got to cut back to this. And you're like, oh, yeah. like guys, wrap, wrap it up. Can we get, can we all fight right. in the same battle? Now? Um, but yeah, so they get out there finally and he's like hanging out with Dane and all that. And then they get their little, like, I call them like the Asgard goats. Cause they all get like their little goats that they get to ride yeah. up. And they just are like, they kind of run up to go fight Azog. And, there's stuff, Manny, in this moment, like uh, some of the orcs too, some of the designs of them are really creepy and cool. Like the ones who come after Bilbo when they all get up there. I I really yeah. like it because at this point, Bilbo has, he's kind of left the, the group and he's kind of like, he was giving information to Gandalf and stuff. Gandalf's like, you should probably like, don't get involved in this. And Bilbo's like, no man, Thorin's my buddy. Like, I'm going to get yeah. involved. So Bilbo's there. And at this point in the book, uh, like we were kind of alluding to earlier, this is the point where we do see, and in the movie, Bilbo gets knocked out. Like one orc has decided to use, you know, the the, the handle as it were, and just knock Bilbo out instead of just, you know, just kill him. Um, yeah. and, and I will say, I just wanted to interject. There oh, are yeah. a lot of moments where main characters could have died. And because of silly choices by the enemy, they don't like, there's a couple scenes where Bard gets like knocked down or maybe it was legless. I forget. And then, the, and then like the orc or whoever knocked him down would just be like, Rawr! instead of just being like, and you're dead, you know? Yeah. So like, again, it's, it's, it's the um, victory through circumstance thing that just kind of doesn't sit well with me. And this is a perfect example. It's like, why do they just stab him? He had the thing in his hand. <laughs> maybe it's a microcosm of a passive versus proactive protagonist. Because you don't want your protagonist to win by like, oh, that thing happened in their favor. You want it to be like, oh, they outsmarted or, you know, outmaneuvered this person. Yeah. Uh, you're totally right, man. That's that's such a good point. Because yeah. there are times where you're like, it's almost like way back in the day with like Star Wars, like the Tusken Raider. Where it's just like, you're like, dude, right. finish him off. Like, it's like, yeah, just exactly. Go. And, and I do think there, the, the one thing that just popped into my head, uh, and again, I have been playing a ton of assassin's creed valhalla nice. and i've gone down the most ridiculous rabbit hole of norse research i love it uh, you know um ancient norse people and like in the viking age there was so much emphasis on fate right there is this idea that your fate was put together by these uh, uh like essentially seamstresses who who like strung together the, they have the strings of fate right and uh, you can't deviate from that and so there is so much uh, alluding to that in the fellowship when gandalf talks about Gollum, right he's like Gollum has a purpose and you might want to kill him now, but like just have mercy. Like he's going to be important. And then like, he's the most important in the end. Right. And so I think, you know, an argument could be made that because like, and again, I could talk about this for days, but Tolkien was so influenced by Norse culture and Norse mythology and um, so many awesome elements of, of the Norse mythos in his work. One could be, one could make the argument that like, the purpose of Bilbo was to get the ring and keep the ring and give it to, to Frodo and then for Gollum to take it. So like I I'm arguing against the, my own point that I just made, but I was just like, Oh, that could just be an influence of like, it was Bilbo's string of fate. He wasn't going to die there. And, and, and he just didn't know it. Neither did we as the viewers. 
Yeah, and I don't remember how they word it. That's that's really well put. I was just gonna make a joke, be like, "Yeah, I've seen the movie Wanted. I know what the the loom of fate is, dude. I know I know how to bend a bullet." Um, yeah, but uh, I, that's a good point. And I I remember in the book it was it was so weird because I got to that portion of it and it was like that all the five armies and I was talking about it and then it was like, "Oh yeah, there's a fight here." It's like Bilbo got knocked out and I was like, "Okay, usually in this mythos, there's not a lot of like you got knocked out. It's a lot of like, hey, you got your head chopped off or like something. It's not just going to be like something you can come back from." And then yeah. they kind of cut and then at the end they're like, "Well, these are the dwarves who died and these are the ones who are still alive." And Bilbo yeah. like that's from his perspective. That's all he's got. Um Yeah. And they do tweak it I think a little bit here for him to have a moment with Thorin. Uh but yeah, it is kind of weird that you're right. It is frustrating in any type of medium, especially, uh, you know, movies when you, you do have those moments where you're like, and I like to call it throwing the fight. I've wanted to make a super cut of this, Manny, for so long, where I go back and I look at all the villains in movies who are fighting a protagonist who pick them up by like their throat or their shirt and then throw them across a room when they have like a weapon in their hand. I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> Man, yeah like, like i'm not rooting for you but like use your head bro yeah, yeah it's like guys go back to the first gears of war you see a guy get picked up by the throat and stabbed immediately i'm like just that's all yeah. if you're the bad guy that's or, what you or do. if they like the bad guy picks them up by the throat and just like talks with them for too long uh, and then the good guy stabs them while they're being held by the throat <laughs> like that happens all the time too so like what's happening it's here? like yeah. i get you want to be like this villain's powerful he's so strong he could just pick up your hero and throw him across the room it's like please yeah. don't do that and you know what azog actually has a moment here pretty early on because i don't i love how this gets them killed uh thorin's like feely and keely and he takes dwallin with him too because those are like his best fighters like feely keely you guys go scout this out if you hear anything don't like don't engage fall back and for some odd reason the fog has fallen over this place because it's near the mountains anyway so (laughs) feely gets picked up and he just gets like, like Azog standing way above them. And it's like, oh, Feely's been captured. And he just gets run through with Azog's like super claw sword hand. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. I should feel horrible right now. Yeah. It's Feely. And do you know how much he's gotten to say? Not much. The only time he's had like a moment was back in Lake Town in Desolation. Right. And he tells him, he's like, hey, man, I'm not leaving my brother to die here. Like, this is, he's more important than Erebor. Like, he's my brother. Uh, And I wanted to, like, he's, like, he could have been, like, the Boromir of that group or, like, another one of, like, the Fellowship members where you're like, oh, my, like, what just happened? But it's like, he dies and you're like, yep. (laughs) You're like, Azog's killing people. I understand. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Azog's like, well, I'm taking out the line of Durin today or whatever. I'm like, okay. Um, but I felt bad for Feely because I feel like Feely got shafted. And then I just think back to like Alfred cross-dressing or whatever, like trying to hide yeah. and run away. And I'm like, there's like missed drama. So <laughs> like, yeah. like, come on. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you felt when you saw Feely get killed. Cause like, I, obviously you were like, you kind of knew who was going to like going down. I was yeah. like, oh, this will probably be maybe not unceremonious, but it'll be kind of quick. And then it happened. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, it's true. And I think it, it, it also just like highlights how much uh, like of that impact and how much of that weight has, I don't know, I kind of felt like robbed almost yeah. like I, I wasn't going to be like, I want my ticket price back. But yeah. like, I certainly was like, I wanted to feel more like I wanted that impact. And again, to your point about like, you know, deciding who gets screen time and who gets attention, I think it was super all over the place. Uh, and again, the pacing, right? Like, from the very beginning, I was like, the pacing is weird. And this is a great example of it because things are happening so quickly. And then out of nowhere, it's like, skirt, like everything's record scratch stop. 
character gets stabbed so then you're just like wait but we were just flying at the speed of light and now i'm supposed to stop and feel things and then the movie picks back up and so uh i think it just suffers from a pretty tremendous um like lack of pacing organization and so i think this is a, a pretty unfortunate side effect of that yeah yeah and i know a lot of this was rushed so maybe that was part of it too so like right. I, it's no right. no shade against the people who made this movie i don't like these things are all made by so many different people so we don't like right. you can't be like you're the one who to blame but if yeah. at this moment if they would have stabbed bomber and i would have felt more that's a problem like i shouldn't like if like they would have picked him up i would have felt kind of bad because he's been like the comic oh, no what yeah. are you saying yeah, exactly so weird. Yeah. like oh man but he's also like a good fighter like i don't yeah. i don't know um which what are you do without your belly attacks? Oh, exactly. man. Which, when you think you know? back to it, Bomber might be one of their greatest fighters. Maybe Thorin should have taken yeah. Bomber up there with him. That would have been, like, just holding him by his weird little beard. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, so they have that moment, and then uh, it's like, I, I kind of, I don't know if they even show you how Feely gets captured, because, like, he's one of their best fighters, and it's like, okay, apparently not. And then, like, it all starts to go downhill from there. Bilbo gets knocked out. And they all start fighting. Uh, and I think one of the reasons they brought Tariel into this is to give Keeley something more for when he does perish. Because there's more to it yeah. as opposed to just another Feely where it's like, oh, one of the other dwarves just died. Like, who's related closely to Thorin. Uh, right. But that whole, like, kind of moment with them and Tariel, like, they're trying to work together, but he still gets killed. You're like, okay. Uh, like... <laughs> You know, yeah, it's just like, you yeah. know, and she's, you know, cr you know, like crying over him and you're supposed to feel really bad about this. And again, I just I feel so bad because I should I'm not a stickler for books usually, but I'm like, yeah, you're not not here. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. and that's the thing, like, it's hard. It's tough, right? Because like, I think you and I agree that it's like, look, it's more Tolkien. Take it at face value, yeah. accept it as as what it is, because we love this world and, and we love the work and we'll, we will accept it. But there certainly is a point where I feel uh, betrayed is a strong word. I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, they come up with this character, Tariel, who, and I think she's compelling. She's a wonderful actress. Yeah. Oh, she's great. Um, but it's like a moment like that. The, the movie is basically like, Oh, don't you feel sad? Oh man. Uh, this character we just made up and now she's going through so much heartbreak. Oh, don't we all feel sad together? And you're like, no movie. I don't feel sad at all. You feel sad because you just made this stuff up. So I think like it, it's one thing to create uh, a new character and introduce them. I think that's forgivable. I think that's fine. But to uh, like try to push the viewers to like feel something that like to feel something coming out of a character that doesn't exist in the source material, I think is tough. That's a tall ask. I think oh, that's for sure. hard, especially for a group of people like us, like we're Tolkien enthusiasts yeah. and we're Lord of the Rings fans. And, and like it's, it's just a tall order. Um, so I think... Yeah, I don't know. I was just going to try to make a Star Wars uh, comparison, but I was like, I don't know anything about Star Wars. So no, no. I was like, it would be like if Darth Vader. And then I was like, nah, never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, I, I think, again, it just you want to feel that impact both like in the combat and the physics of it all and in the emotion. And it's just not there. I just, for some odd reason, I'm just picturing it at the end of Revenge of the Sith and Anakin is like cradling Padme's body after he choked her. And Obi-Wan's like, you know, standing over him and he's like, he looks at Obi, he's like, why did it, why does it hurt so much? And Obi's like, because it was real. <laughs> it's just yeah. Like, he's yeah. like, oh yeah, but we have to fight now. Um, See, that right. would have been great. Uh, I wish in a way, if you're going to do Tariel, which I think she's a cool character. I, I don't, this is again, no, like, like, it's a hard thing to make a movie like this to this right. level nowadays uh without 
you know, trying to bring in some new elements to it and potentially, uh, like, I don't know, a, a woman as a main character in here. Because, like, without Galadriel, they don't have anything. Uh, so it puts yeah. Evangeline Lilly in such a tough spot. It, makes, it puts the writers in a tough spot. It's almost like you wish that they could have introduced her way earlier and been like, actually, she's Ooh. joined up with the, the their own little fellowship a long time ago because they're like, hey, we hired an elf. We hate elves. But guess what? She kind of hates Thranduil and screw that guy. And, you know, right. that would have been more compelling once they were captured to be like, oh, you're back here. You know, you're working with these guys. And she's like, well, you know what? Like, it's better than working for you. Stuff like that would have been. And then totally. when it got to that moment with Keeley, it would have been like, oh, my gosh, like. Yeah, like at the very least, it would have been like, she's been with us a while kind of thing. Like, yeah. uh, maybe uh, I'm not super on board with her. Maybe she's made up, but like, at least she's been here for three very long movies. So, yeah. And you uh, could yeah. maybe take, unfortunately, I'd say take Legolas out then. If you got Tariel in there, you just have sure. Tariel do all the Legolas stuff, you know, as crazy as it seems. Because you'd be like, oh, you thought Legolas was good? Well, look what Tariel could do. She could yeah. do all he I could mean, do. CGI, you can make me do all the legs, <laughs> Legolas stuff. I'll spin around in circles if you put me in the computer. Come Which on. we need to get to it. We've the rivalry of the last two films now together is is Legolas versus Bolg. Uh, that's yeah. B O L G, baby. Uh, emphasis on the G. Uh, and Bolg is just he's one tough orc. Like he doesn't want to go down. Yeah. But don't worry because Legolas is a one man army. I saw a. <laughs> a thing for a youtube video that's like legolas's rampage in battle of the five armies yeah it's <laughs> it literally like, like yeah. bulg is very tough but don't worry because legolas doesn't listen to gravity like yeah. he just like does whatever he wants which is very cool and and i think like again i think in the last episode we're like hey man like skateboarding on a shield down, down a set of stairs like whoa awesome and then this movie is like what if the skateboard had rocket boosters on it and you're like Ugh, okay whatever sure you know yeah, and it's like Legolas feels like uh, it's like a quick time event for a lot of this stuff uh, later on from like an old like like God of War and stuff where he does yeah. do a lot of these things where it's like, okay, I use the bat to go over and I land on this one weird troll who's like lost his eyesight and he has chains in his back and he's got these weird like still things and I'm going to have him run into this tower, um, which is yeah. going to like, and then I can throw a sword and it doesn't feel like he, sh he has Orcris at this moment uh, and he goes to save... Thorin and he throws it and they do this a lot in movies Manny uh, but you don't see it spin he throws in like a perfect line because it <laughs> it's like Legolas how strong are you <laughs> like did you get also like yeah. how is that blade weighted like I don't know it's amazing it's, it's like oh we just yeah. throw this thing now um I literally just last night I was it was like two in the morning and I'm watching things on my phone like an idiot uh but i was watching a 30 minute long video of a of a um a medieval military expert um essentially like analyzing movies and video games cool. um and uh so he did like all the like he did like chivalry deliverance uh kingdom Come deliverance he did dark souls he did cool. everything um and there was and he'd be like let's talk about longsword and he'd they play a clip and he'd be like okay this is realistic this is not etc cetera, etc cetera. and then there was a clip of i think it was kingdom come or no it was uh mordhow of somebody okay. just chucking a longsword <laughs> and he was he like he was like shouting he was like why would you throw your weapon like that mm -hmm. he's like first of all swords don't fly like that through the air it would just wobble all over the place and probably hit him with the blunt end and he was also just like why would you throw your weapon like now you don't have any weapons so mm -hmm. um yeah, like thinking back on that, I was like, why would he? I mean, I know, like, you know, he's an elf, sure, whatever. He's got other things going on, but like, he just throws it like a dart 
and it's just like okay sure i guess yeah because when he runs out of arrows with his amazing accuracy it's like it doesn't really matter i wish at that point he would have just like he wouldn't have had his knives he would have just picked up like bowl would have walked in with like his big mace thing and legos would have just picked up a brick and been like let's go yeah. like yeah or like at that point like put the sword in the bow and be like everything's an arrow when you're like you know like that been amazing. Sure, guess, yeah. oh my gosh that would have been so cool <laughs> like just shooting it with his feet um like yeah, those old, like, like, i wouldn't put it beyond this movie to be like legolas shot his sword with his bow like it, yeah. it would not surprise me in the least and that's like i think this legolas his fighting style in this one is what i would say like if you had to look at kind of like a, a direct comparison between how Lord of the Rings is and how, um, you know, the Hobbit was done and that kind of that, as I said before, that kind of animated saturation or that kind of like yeah. cartoony vibe, it's Legolas um, and seeing him, you know, perform these things like, you know, anti-gravity kind of running up these bricks as they're falling. Uh, and like, he's so light uh, that he could, he can just do kind of whatever. He has a few moments where it doesn't always work out in his favor, but he never pulls off a move that doesn't, work usually really well and uh, i remember kind of watching this fight uh, with him and bolg at the end and it, it felt kind of anticlimactic because he does get the kill on him he like beheads him or something or catches his head right. or something and i was like oh like i was like it's like, done well, okay it's kind of over all right yeah like, like I, the closest i think it got in fellowship was like he does the skateboard thing and like that was still very cool and it, it felt impactful um but when he kills an ollie font and he slides down its trunk yep. like and but like even that, like I was like, eh, <laughs> it was all right. This is cool. This is really cool. Yeah. But like it just takes the next step in this movie, and 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 that that fight could have had so much more impact and had so much more weight. Uh, but instead, it was just like, sit, 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 and it's done. Okay, what? Like it, it just felt empty, you know? Yeah. Well, and there's also no Gimli to call him out in this one, where he's like, yeah, what? that was a bunch of BS, you know? Or yeah. like it's like hmm. at least with the Ollie font, like that little trunk slide happened after the kill right so it was yeah. more of like a flourish it yeah. wasn't a mechanical piece of his combat yeah. whereas in this movie it's like oh he did like he's running up bricks he's running up bricks guys yeah. he's running up bricks are we serious here you know yeah. that are falling so, in the air like on this tower that's collapsing and uh yeah, yeah there's no glowing to be like yeah it only so counts as one buddy like i don't right. i'm gonna carry any bulgs you kill um but yeah legolas it, it I think it just kind of suspend like you suspend your disbelief so much. Uh, and for these movies, I think if you're going into them, and I know we have one viewer, Ryan, who's like, I haven't gone to this one yet. If you do watch this, which I th- I still think you should, just go yeah, in, especially sure. with the combat, just thinking, okay, this is not gonna be uh, what Lord of the Rings is. You've seen how the dwarves even fire; they can kind of throw things to each other, and it's always perfect. Uh, yep. Just just remember that. But for the elves, what that would be like if they could do. Yeah almost anything they thought of like you know yeah <laughs> so it's very video much of a reason other than hey they're elves like yep. like we see neo dodge bullets but it's like well it's the matrix there's context right so again yeah. coming back to context um just be okay with not having much of it i would say yes to ryan and i feel like yeah exactly and i wonder too like they never even make kind of uh, mention about this with other elves but i think there's something about like of being a royal bloodline or something that allows you to do certain things except yeah. like that only maybe applies to the Mirkwood elves because like we don't see galadriel or elrond or arwen pulling off moves right. anywhere near this level like yeah you know it's and like... it's also like in 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 the fellowship like legolas tends to deliver lines that are contextual to his actions so like 
or, or other characters even when Aragorn is like, what do your elf eyes see? Okay, that implies elf eyes are different than human eyes. Context, great. Yeah. Or uh, Legolas walking through Fanghorn Forest. He's like, I can sense something that you guys can't. So it's like, okay, elves can sense something that other people cannot. But in this, he's just like, tippy tap on the bricks. And you're just like, <laughs> no one's going to explain. He's not even going to be like, I learned that in elf school. Like yeah. nothing. Okay, sure. Whatever. Just accept it. It's like, okay, I saw him walk on snow once in Fellowship. Right. Pretty cool. I don't know if it's the same. Uh, and again, it's just like, yeah. I, it's it's spectacle for the sake of spectacle. And I get 100%. that because I, I love movies and I love spectacle. I really do. Uh, but it has to be earned. You know, when you get the T-Rex yeah. roaring at the end of Jurassic Park and the banner falls down in front of it, that makes sense in the confines and complexities of that film. But exactly. if the T-Rex rolled in and the Velociraptors were there and the T-Rex like slammed one down and like spun around, threw one up in the air, ripped it in half, like, and the kids and, like, didn't get smashed. Like, yeah. And it's like, and then like yeah. jumped out of the, like the visitor center. I'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Jump backwards, like flipping the camera off. All right. We'd ask you questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? I'd be like, huh? Um, and uh, I know it sounds like I'm being a little bit silly, but this scene is a little bit silly. Uh, so when you get to that, like this fight, that's supposed to be like, oh my gosh, this is just like, we've been waiting for this. This is like the, this yeah. is almost as big as Thorin versus Azog, uh, which yeah. we'll talk about that in a sec. But this fight, I think just pales in comparison uh, to some of the other stuff that we've seen Legolas do, even though most one-on-one fights with Legolas never last more than like a half a second because he's like, right. you're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. <laughs> Like it's yeah. you know you sword, don't fight like sword, this sword you know yeah and it's yeah. like against Bolg who isn't like an exceptionally talented fighter he can just tank yeah. some hits like it's not like he's doing these tricky things it's not like an evil elf like uh, a right. crazy orc you know is like the the, the hard thing to fight yeah. here but yeah it's just kind of weird uh, and it's a point of contention for a lot of people who have watched this film they're like okay because uh, he does a lot of totally. a lot of crazy things <laughs> so uh but we should talk about that azog versus thorin uh a fight yeah. that i think has really cool moments and some fun physics in it but also i'm like wait a sec what um yep. so uh we finally get down to it and so our boy azog is now sporting not only his sword hand but he has um a chain with like a big block attached to it or yeah. kind of metal thing and he and Thorne are fighting on like a frozen river kind of over a waterfall. And yep. uh, there's a lot of like him slamming it down. It's a, it's kind of reminiscent of the Witch King versus Eowyn on the Pelennor Fields yeah. a little bit. Totally. Uh, so there's this kind of there's a feeling of weightiness when, you know, Thorne will dodge it. And it's like, OK, like if he got hit by that, that'd be pretty that'd be oh, bad news. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's I love that. Like there's there is this element of danger, not only between the two combatants, but also because of the terrain they're fighting on, uh, which, again, can feel a little cheap in certain circumstances. Like we've talked about in the past where it's like a hero wins because of like, oh, they, you know, they stepped out of the way of this thing and fire shot up or whatever else um yeah but they kind of subvert that trope because there's like a moment where like the ice starts to break and there's kind of like a balancing act and uh thorn grabs the rock basically and like that has been you know hurled at him a few times on the chain and he ends up throwing it to azog i think and azog catches it on this ice flow and and he's thorn steps off this ice flow and it kind of tips um yeah azog into the water and it's like he goes like, under also, the ice. Isn't it on like a crank, if I remember correctly? Is it a crank or is it just the... like a chain or something? I don't. He's like whipping it around. Maybe it is on some sort of mechanism. Uh, yeah, for some reason I'm remembering him like it was almost like a fishing Dude, rod that... where he was like, Kasa! and then he's like, click, 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 click. Because I remember Maybe. being like, why is he taking so much time? 
I, I may be confusing things here, but I remember just being like, it's taking him way too much time to like wind that thing up sure. and use it again. Um, which I feel, I mean, like is the case with weapons like that, I imagine. But, sure. um, but yeah, it was like kind of, uh, you know, it's what we in the in, in the video game world call an environmental kill. Yeah, exactly. Know? It's an environmental kill. Uh, but the thing is so weird is that like you get Azog going under the water. And if I'm Thorin uh, and I know that this guy's tough, I'd be like, well, you know what? I think he's probably dead. I probably would have walked away there. But Thorin's like, wait a sec, I see something in the ice. And it's like Azog underwater, and he's been under there for a little bit, but then he's like starts floating down like the river kind of, and you know, like Thorin's walking with him. He's like, and then <laughs> he gets stabbed by the sword hand of Azog through his foot, and Thorin's like, ah! It's like, yeah. yeah, what what did you think was gonna happen? And yep. somehow that water is both deep enough and shallow enough for like Azog to float fully, but then also he like just bursts out of the ice. Yeah. That's like, like where did he get that momentum? <laughs> <laughs> like that a boy. Um, he stole yeah. it from the, the thing that the, the, uh, the three sixty that Legolas was trying to do. He took yeah, it. Exactly. He took from him. He's a yep. momentum yep. sapper, but they end up fighting and they basically kill each other. Uh, which again, I like this fight a little more cause I think it's, it's a little more fun and unique. But yeah, it's still yeah. like I don't know why I'm so dumb about this, Manny. I just like I just want another alerts fight. I just want another, you know, one on one on the ground. Just like we're yeah. just gonna fight it out. Like like when we were talking about Legolas's fight, all I could think of was was Aragorn. You dude, know, huh. like having those those go at it. Like that felt like I think, and this is true for video games as well. I think a lot of the coolest fights that take place in video games are the fights that feel like you're fighting a peer. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, or the fights that you are fighting up here, like in Demon Souls when you get invaded, right? Or um, like in Sekiro, a lot of the characters that I loved fighting against were the ones that felt like they could go toe to toe with me yeah. um, with similar mechanics. And so when I look at Lurts and I look at Aragorn, I'm like, yeah, man, like those two are just brawlers. Like they're just going at it. And you look at Legolas and like, you know, his fight was, they're like two different schools, two different warriors from two different dojos, yeah, right? Yep, yep. Um, and and it didn't feel like a peer situation, and I feel like this fight was much closer to to kind of that peer um, combat situation, which I love. I love when it's just like, oh man, like I don't know who's going to win because they're both pretty evenly matched, and they're kind of both evenly sized, and they both kind of have a similar approach to combat. Um, and then again, like the the environmental stuff, it can feel cheap to a lot of people. I think this was done like tastefully. I yeah. think this was cool, with the exception of like him shooting out of the water like an orca. Um, <laughs> I think uh, other otherwise it was pretty tasteful, so I'm, I'm okay with that. That's so well put. It makes me just yearn for more Virgil versus Dante fights, you know, where it's like oh. even back to Fellowship with um not even Lurtz and Aragorn, but Gandalf and Saruman, where it's like they're kind of going after a while, but then Saruman like takes yeah. the upper hand because like oh I guess that means like he's he's the leader of the order, he's going to be the stronger of the two, he can use his staff. Yeah. Oh crap! Uh, and I, I I think this is an okay fight, but it's like the fight we've been leading to for so long. And I get why they can't really overstay their welcome with it. But at the same time, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, I'm glad they subvert the expectation of him just drowning and being like, well, that's taken care of. Um, But it does feel a little bit weird and it's hard because you got to kill Thorin, but you have to have Thorin, you know, finish him off uh, and also not be, he's fatally wounded, but not dead. Like you need to still have that moment between him and Bilbo, which I think, it's probably one of the best parts of the probably the whole trilogy, honestly, for me, uh, with the two of them kind of laying there together. Cause it's like something you don't 
you get a little bit maybe of, or you think you do, uh, Return of the King with Sam and Frodo, but like this, is, it's not like uh, Frodo is cradling Aragorn's head as he's dying. Like, you know, there's none of that, uh, which yeah. would have been, that would have destroyed me. But like this, yeah. uh, this is great because it's like the full acceptance and Bilbo is just like, you're not going to die. We came all this way. You're not going to die. And he's just like, I'm, I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm leaving. And in, and in such a, in a sudden, uh, what's his name? Martin Freeman. He like, only he knows how to do that. How do I explain it? It's like, do you watch the Sherlock? Have you watched the Sherlock show? I know of it. Yes, I've seen a little bit of it. So there's a couple episodes where like Sherlock's kind of on the verge of death. And like, you don't know if Sherlock's, you know, obviously it's like the middle of the season. Sherlock's not going to die. But yeah. um, and Watson being played by Martin Freeman is this skeptical, like uh, pessimist. And he doesn't let emotion get the best of him. But like deep down inside, you know, he loves Sherlock very much. And so like you see that pure emotion come out in those moments of him almost being bewildered by the circumstances where he's just like no no no, you can't die how, how, how can you die no like we've come this far and it was totally there like i 100 saw it in that scene with thorn i'm just like oh my god that's what i'm not even seeing bilbo i'm seeing martin freeman and and as much as i wouldn't like that in other circumstances I was like this is rad because it's like that quisitive like wait no we just came so far like how could you be dying now like we, we've done so much and so that pure emotion coming straight out of a person was so cool. And I think um, kind of a saving grace in a handful of ways. Um, but I think it's, uh, I totally agree. One of the greatest moments in the, in all three movies. Yeah. I wish too, that we would have had moments um, with Thorne being a little angrier with Azog saying like, you, you killed my brothers. Like, you know, there's none of that. They don't, there's no time for that, I guess. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, you kind of, you have Thorne's death scene and then also Keeley's death scene with Tariel and Thranduil and stuff, and I, maybe it's just because they're kind of like back-to-back. It's almost like if you'd have had Boromir die in Fellowship and then Legolas died right after him, but like Gimli was holding him. It'd be like, like whoa, 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 like we're doing yeah. the same thing. Um, and it, I feel like it's just so much more hollow for the Keeley stuff just because you have that Thorin, like that's like the, the arc of their relationship, yeah. Bilbo and, and Thorin's. And it's just like, it's so bittersweet. And just like Bilbo just wanted to be like, man, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like, you know, things got yeah. really bad. And he's like, don't, it's not a big deal. Like it's, yeah. like, it's all good. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just, it's sweet. And I love that because that really, I think is something they should have done more of in this, uh, this whole trilogy. Really? And it would have really, I think would have hit so much harder uh, at the end to have that. Cause it's just like, yeah. you know, I want to feel that Boromir, death again and that was only one movie uh and then you feel that ramification throughout the rest of the films and you're like ah like that's that's what i want uh it's just it's hard to do i get um but great performances like i said martin freeman is so good um and uh i can't think of his name who plays thorin uh oh richard armitage yeah i think um he does a really good job too and by the way great way like he does a great death like he does the like yeah. he, he does a good job of like just staring straight off because death scenes are hard and you can watch like some of the There's best so actors bad. like like it's hard to do. There's yeah. a lot of like you know making fun of certain death scenes and stuff, but uh, it made me yeah. think of like Theoden a little bit in his death. Um, yeah, and I was like, oh gosh. There's a lot of like cradling someone in Lord of the Rings or Hobbit where you're like, you to do uh, yeah. I think die. it's against the law to not cradle someone as they you die. Have so. to except I, it's so funny because you get like Keely and Thorin have this Feely. It's not like Dwalin's holding. Feely. It's like, yeah, no. he doesn't um, get anything. Yeah. It's like ah, yeah. he died. And if he would have been wearing yeah. Mithril, it would maybe his legs would be broken. But yeah. uh, I wonder, do you do this too, Manny? Where when you're watching these guys fight, um, like the dwarves and the orcs, 
do you mentally check yourself and say this dwarf is four and a half feet tall and this orc is like maybe a regular human size i'm like yeah 100 percent. i'm like always trying to level it out in my brain i'm like so this fight looks a lot different if framed differently because they make it seem like he's a regular human against like a like a troll almost yeah Um, yeah but i'm glad i'm not the only one i was like i just gotta make sure oh no for sure uh i don't get how this sets up yeah belief you know disbelief suspended uh one of the last things i do want to mention here uh we we talked about him earlier but gandalf uh one of the great lines from this one just uh what, what are thorin and those guys doing he's like to cut the head off the snake um he, he uses his magneto voice to just kind of <laughs> and it's like hey gandalf i love you buddy maybe you should join him like <laughs> yeah maybe go with i love you Seriously. like i'm like oh gandalf uh you know uh and he gets a great a little bit of play there at the very end too, because once all this wraps up and Bilbo uh, finally kind of goes to Erebor, he's like, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to say goodbye. And all the dwarves show up and they kind of do like a little Bilbo's like says a little speech and nods and walks away. It's not, yeah. it's not the embrace you get in return of the King um, with Frodo back in Rivendell, even though I kind of wished for that. But when I looked at all those faces, many of all these, they're great actors. And I like those dwarves. Yeah. I just wish I would know more about all of them. I'm like, I just want to know about you guys. Like, and I still yeah. don't, I don't, yeah. you have to watch the extended editions to know anything. Like really like, yeah. I was like, oh man, it just kind of hurt me. I don't know if yeah. you felt that way too. I totally did. And I, and I think again, like so much of what makes these movies so special is that world building is man. the sense of like, the dwarves have their personality because that's a result of this and the, the experience they had and the history of their people and the place where they lived and all these other things. Um, and of course you can't get like the thoughts and desires and fears and dreads of every character in the movie. That's unrealistic. But I think just to just open that curtain a little more and get, get a little bit deeper into, into what they're about, I think, especially cause they're so central and not to mention they're all named, like they're not NPCs, you know, they're named and they're focal points to a degree. So I think, to give them more would have been uh, pretty welcome. Um, I do, you know, to your point about Gandalf, I do like that you kind of get, you know, a couple parts of these movies, you see the connections to the fellowship and yeah. whenever it happens, you're like, mm, yeah, yum. And so like, you know, getting a little bit more of Gandalf is, is very cool. And I will say again, going down this crazy Norse research path, I've been going down yes. the last year or so Gandalf. I just want to clear, clear the air for everybody who's watching this right now. Gandalf is like 99.9 percent inspired by odin from the the norse mythos they're both uh these like god angel angelic i mean odin is a god obviously but you know these heavenly figures um they both uh cloak themselves as men warm uh wearing gray and they kind of like walk around the earth um helping men uh and kind of like teaching them and stuff the the one interesting thing that i learned and i think sheds so much cool light on gandalf even though he's already so dang cool is um, a lot of people see like Odin in, in popular culture and popular media as like this, um, like very uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, kind of like set in his ways, like how Anthony Hopkins plays rigid. Him in, or rigid and very stoic. That's the word I wanted. Like, there you go. Very like, brr, like very stoic and wise and stuff. And Odin is very wise in, in, in the myths. However, he, he is uh, uh, I don't want to go too deep but I'm going to go a little deeper in the Edda which is where all the Norse myth the stories come from they come from the poetic Eddas which are these old stories these old sagas um, and then there's the prose Eddas which are kind of interpretations of the of the poetic Eddas 
But uh, anyway, Odin has so much character in the Eddas and he has his own wants and his own desires. And he's known as the mad one. And he's he, he might not treat you very well if you see him. And um, we're all pretty familiar with the idea of if you die in combat, you go to Valhalla and you get to eat and feast with the gods. So the reason that happens is because Odin is very worried about Ragnarok, which is when all the all the gods fight each other and everyone dies. Odin is recruiting fighters for Ragnarok. So if you die in battle, he will send the Valkyries down to come and take you to Valhalla. Uh, uh, as a side note, oh God, this is going down the rails, Jimmy. Do it. As a side note, um, Val means uh, those who have been killed. Uh, Hala means hall. So Valkyries are the carriers of those who have been killed. Um, so Odin wants you to go die in combat. He is pro you dying in combat so he can take you there's a story in the poetic edda where he walks up to i think a couple farmers and he has this like beautiful medallion and he says hey who wants this shiny medallion and these farmers are very poor they both say we want the medallion he goes okay i'm gonna throw it up in the air whoever's still alive by the time this lands back in my hand you get the medallion and they go awesome he chucks it so far in the air that they kill each other and he catches it and he goes okay cool i have two more recruits for my war right so he has these motivations and i think knowing that knowing that like Odin, as we know him, isn't necessarily the stoic, uh, fatherly, grandfatherly figure. He's like kind of crazy, and he has these—he has his own desires and he has his own sort of goals that he wants to accomplish. I think makes Gandalf so so much more interesting because yes, he is this kind of grandfather figure to Bilbo and to Frodo and you know to the other members of the Fellowship to a degree. But he—he's also kind of a loose cannon, you know what I mean? Like he has these moments where he's like, "I gotta go take care." business i'm gonna go take our yep. wizard business guys like he's like he's like this old cowboy and and mm -hmm. so i think learning so much about about odin which is such a, a such an inspiration for gandalf really changed the way i see gandalf in a lot of ways because he is this very wise thing being but he also like he totally like rides his own path you know what i mean and he has his own story to tell and so i think that um i don't know it, we were talking about gandalf and and um the connection between like the fellowship and, and the hobbit and i think just knowing that i was like man gandalf is so badass like mm -hmm. even more than he was before so i just wanted to share that because i thought it was an interesting antidote but uh really cool stuff about gandalf yeah oh totally well i'm glad you brought it up because i know that you had mentioned to me before this you're like oh i'm gonna talk about gandalf and odin i'm like i can't yeah. wait i was gonna research yeah. it just to be like well actually and then I was like, no, 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 let's I'm going to let him bring it to the table because you're the only guest yeah. I've ever had who's going to bring this stuff. And I freaking love it. Totally. Guess what, people? I will talk about Norse stuff forever. I'm like obsessed with it right now. I um, would love to have yeah. you back to talk about Thor Ragnarok then. Uh, yeah. Because 100%. that. Yeah, because I've got I've thoughts about that. If I just it would have been a different movie if it would have been about Ragnarok. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, it's true. Yeah, they threw it in the title. And they it's in the like, back. It's, it's like yeah. Surtur is fighting Hulk in the back. Don't you even worry about that. Yeah. Um, I read a super interesting article by Ragnarok. I will send it to you please. and uh, we will talk about it someday because it's very interesting. I And I'm all I'm hoping for is that uh, God of War 2 Ragnarok or God of War Ragnarok, yeah. whatever, is a, just like it's a it's a it's a grudge match. Um, and you're kind of caught in the middle, which it seems to be that way wherever Kratos goes. It's like if it isn't the gods of Olympus, and the Titans, it's going to be the gods of Norse mythology and some demons. So it's also like, fun fact, Thor and Loki, they're not brothers in, in the actual mythos. They're not brothers guys also like the world serpent that's loki's child okay yeah anyway it's really weird yeah it's just like it's like wait a sec so yeah i i just imagine the people over at uh well okay spoiler for god of war i'm gonna give you guys like if jump like 30 seconds or a minute yeah. forward but 
Uh, you don't want to be spoiled. The real question is, how are we going to do the whole world serpent thing where it's like Atreus being Loki? Like, I don't know. Um, either yeah. way, it's just, they're just like, eh. Yeah. And that was, you know, like, you got to imagine. Corey's at the end and he's just like, oh, come Loki. I don't know. And every all I could do yeah. in my mind is like, Tom Hiddleston? Um, it's like, that's yeah. not a good thing. That's not a good thing to do. Um, but yes, I want to read up on all this stuff. But Gandalf, I think of this mission too as him like, and he kind of talks about it back in um, Unexpected Journey. It almost sounds like this whole mission for Erebor, it's like, he, it's under the guise of like, yes, we need to restore the dwarves and this would restore order and stuff. It sounds like it's an assassination mission to prevent Smog from joining up with the, the forces Hold of it. Sauron. And I love that that's like kind of the goal, but like somewhere along the line, he's like, oh, like Radagast said, hey, there are problems at Dol Guldur. And he's like, I'm going to go check that out. It might have to right. do with this, but you guys keep doing your thing and we're going to meet back yeah. up and hopefully you guys don't die. Like, <laughs> like the Gandalf side mission. It's one of my favorite things. Oh, like, yeah. He did it in the it's fellowship so a bunch of times where he's like, I got to go read some books and he disappeared for a couple hours. <laughs> like I'm so down for that. It's great. It was years later that I realized that he went to Minas Tirith. Like as a kid, it never registered yeah. with me. And then like, I came back to him like, Oh my God, they showed Minas Tirith and fellowship. And I'm like, he he's... went so far away. <laughs> and, like, back. and he's like, yeah. yep. I was reading some books. I'm like, I love just him in the dust yeah. again, talking about those archetypes, like him in the dusty room with the scrolls drinking. It's like, Oh, old wizard yeah. man in there. Um, and then he comes back. Like he just like went, <laughs> He comes back like me going down a North Rabbit Hole. He's like, oh, God, I have so much in my brain right now. I can't handle it. Yeah. He's like, it's awesome. a secret. Is it safe? He's like, I've seen yeah. things, man. Um, you're like, like, get some sleep. You're man. like, Gandalf, did you break into my house, buddy? He's like, no, nah, man, don't worry about it. I'm quick. I'm quick on my feet. Man, it was the hell. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I love at the end, too, that he does acknowledge. And I didn't think he was going to. Or I forget if he does in the book. But he says to Bilbo, he's like, yeah, man, I know you've had a, a magical ring for a long time and it shouldn't be used, you know, willy nilly. But there's enough magic rings out in this world that he doesn't immediately say, like, we got to take care of this. He's like, come with me. <laughs> he's he's not like he's like, oh, you know, take your money. Go back to Hobbiton. Just live a quiet life. bud. uh, yeah. but I do like that. He's like, yeah, man, I know that stuff's been going on for a long time. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, can't pull and one over and get off again. Talk about world building. He's like. Yeah, man, there's a lot of magic rings. It's probably fine. You probably got the ring of uh, whatever tallness. I don't know. Yeah. So like, it's cool that you know in Tolkien's work, so much, uh, so much weaponry is personified. So many pieces of clothing are personified, and of course the rings. And so it's kind of cool that like it gets swept on the rug. But like we know, you know, yeah. like the viewers are like, oh, you're gonna be concerned about that later, my friend. Oh, totally. And I like that for Bilbo's big return, as opposed to like the kind of the undercutting. Uh, that you get with Frodo, Sam, Merry, and Pippin. When they show back in, up in town, it's like, we're heroes of the world. And all the hobbits are like, welcome back. I don't, yeah. like, I don't really care. There's no like, oh, we decided that you were gone so long from Bag End that we need to start like uprooting it. Whereas Bilbo comes back. He doesn't get it. Not only does he not get the hero's welcome, he like people are going through his house and taking his stuff. And he's like, wait, I, I'm Bilbo. And they're like, uh, can you prove it? And he's like, well, I've got this really weird contract that we signed in the first movie. So will that yeah. do it? And it's like, clearly this definitely works. It's like the weird politics of like the hobbits. And I love it because yeah. you're like, of course, they'd be like, oh, well, yep. I guess you are Bilbo. It's like there's so many and like, dude, uh, so much of that comes from like this really interesting sense of like uh, of of law. Tolkien was like super into um, you, you know, comparing and contrasting the differences of like 
little people and big people, little organizations and big organizations. And um, that, I mean, that comes straight out of the Norse mythos. There's so much of like law there. I'm, I'm going to make it very quick. I promise there's a story about Loki and he cuts off all of Thor's wife's hair. And Thor says, you have to go get my wife, her hair back. Uh, and so he goes to a couple blacksmiths who can make hair out of gold. And he's like, please make this hair out of gold. And they're like, uh, uh, if it pleases the gods, what do we get in return? And he's like, uh, you can cut off my head. And they're like, okay. And then so he tries to sabotage the product, but then they make the hair anyways. And they're like, okay, we get to cut off your head. And he's like, actually, uh, you only said head. You didn't say neck. And they're like, but how can we cut off your head if we can't cut into your neck? He's like, I don't know. You should have thought about it. So like that's like an example of like all these weird like like so cool Shire law you know what I mean like mm-hmm. there's this sense of like look these are the laws of the land and the world will keep going and the law of the land will keep going and and so it's just like those little tidbits of of uh, inspiration that come to Tolkien I think shine so clearly um, and again it's silly it's so dumb it's like it's a piece of paper with your name on it. Yeah. Um, the law is the law. Yeah. And we're like, that's crazy. You silly hobbits. But um, that's what makes it so special. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it makes it so much better. Like way back when Bilbo signed it for like evisceration, laceration and uh, incineration or whatever it is. Exactly. It's like, yeah. Oh, that thing, that really weird thing that has like an amendment and stuff on there is something that Bilbo has kept on his person the entire time. And then it's Ridiculous like, to think that would happen. Yeah. yeah. And it's like after all the like running from a dragon and in the middle of a battlefield, he's like, I, I still have this. Um, and he's got like this. Yeah. And I love that he's coming back with like this dwarven garb. And he's got like one yeah. like chest that is overflowing a bit, but even though like they, he tells Frodo in the beginning, he's like, it was hardly overflowing, like whatever. It's whatever. Right, right. It's like, not that Bilbo didn't have money before, but now he totally does. <laughs> he's just like, right. I am very comfortable to just sit and chill with my ring yeah. for 60 years. But I love that him coming back in there uh, and it dovetails. And that's the thing. Like, that's why these things can't be divorced from Lord of the Rings. This dovetails right into fellowship immediately into fellowship, basically. And, that I think the ending works better here where it's like, oh, it's the 111th birthday and Gandalf shows up at the door. And all I can think is like, I got to go watch Fellowship. Uh, yeah. But then there's like times when they try to do that and it doesn't work where it's like Thranduil's like talking to Legolas and he's like, well, your mother loved you and you should probably Legolas like, but I can't stay here. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. maybe you should go north to hang out with a young ranger. He's like, well, yeah. what's his name? And he's like, well, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he has a name, but. A lot of people call him Strider, but if you want to find yeah. out what his real name is, you better figure that out. For and then we yourself. both look at the camera and do finger guns. We're <laughs> yeah, like, hey, exactly. and then everyone in the theater does it back to the movie. Yeah. It's yeah. just like a little over the top. I was yeah. like, why don't they? I'm like, so I was like, hold on a sec. Um, so if I'm calculating this right, this is like maybe a 17 year old Aragorn who's like yeah, already right. established himself in this world. And yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's like, go hang out with strangers, son. He's yeah, like, exactly. okay. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. sorry, he'd be 27. Would he? 60? Yeah, he's 87. My bad. Yeah, he's 27. Yeah. So he's like, he's like our age. It's just like, he's, yeah, he's established he's himself. Um, Even though, I don't know if the Duna Day and if, he'd, if he would have like already become like, a, I don't know, if he'd still be young-ish because he's like, he yeah. ages slowly. Either way. Right. Uh, it, so I was like, why don't they just say Aragorn? I was like, I was like, is there some sort of copyright thing where they're like, we can't say it, say Strider. Yeah. It's like they're just like Strider, and uh, he may or may not be a king, and he wears a cloak, yeah. and uh, 
he might be dating an elf. It's yeah. like, okay, guys, we understand. Thank you. I just feel like Tarantula, like, he's got this such cool, interesting presence in Desolation. And then in this yeah. one, it's a lot of just, like, he's starting to understand that maybe he's been racist for the wrong reasons. Or he's like, oh, an elf can love a dwarf. And I'm sorry that, you know, it, you actually cared about each other. And maybe I cared about my wife, but my son doesn't love me or doesn't like me right now. And he's going to leave and he should go hang out with this who's the, guy. who's the guy that plays uh thranduil what's his name again his name is lee pace that's right i always use yeah. lee pace and peter serafanowitz for some reason uh-huh. they both have like a long british face i don't sure. know no I yeah get... i hear you i hear you okay 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 cool i thought you meant like the names i was like how do you get <laughs> no <laughs> those are very different yeah names. but they both look alike and yeah i don't know i always think they're the same person which uh again i'm not trying to throw shade on this because like it is it, it dovetails into my beloved lord of the rings and it's just one of the reasons why i think specifically this one and some parts in the other ones but this one in particular is very much like it can't it can't divorce itself from Lord of the Rings because it's like it's just right into it. Because if you saw this without the context of Lord of the Rings, uh, there would be a few moments like we talked about Gimli and Desolation or whatever. But especially this stuff, you'd be like, "What Thranduil talking about?" Yeah. Or like, "Why is it's why Bilbo's yeah. Bilbo's birthday? It's like sixty years on. Like, what? He was fifty-one yeah. and now he's one hundred and eleven. Like." Yep. What? Very um, confusing. Yeah, uh, and it, it, a lot of it's like a love letter, and it is like a nod to the fans, which is great. And all I want is like, okay, the Legless meets Young Aragorn movie or TV show okay. or whatever. I'm like, if that's the Amazon yeah. show, I'll be like, I'll watch it no matter what. But if it was that, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like Aragorn and Legolas have been like, we're buds and bros fighting across Middle yeah. Earth. Like, <laughs> we're in college. We both play football. Like that would be <laughs> off. I'm so down for that. Oh my gosh. It's just like, we win every game. Thanks to Legolas. He's our quarterback and our receiver. Um, <laughs> like he's just, he's Jackson like, runs after it. Just does like a front flip. And you're like, man, Aragorn's like sitting on the bench. She's just like talking to yeah. all the ladies, looks back. Arwen's up there and he's like, ah, I don't know. Ha, right. Uh, yeah. I would watch uh, that show. I a movie with the Lord of the Rings cast. It's I'm in. perfect. Um, but yeah. Uh, so anyway, like I, I know people say this is like the weakest of the three. I think it's all part of that cohesive vision of these three all together. So it's hard for me personally to kind of separate it in my mind. Um, I can see why they think that. And it is kind of centered around one big fight. Whereas with the other ones, even Return of the King had like kind of two massive, huge fights in it. Um, yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I, st- I still like these movies, man. Uh, maybe out of the three, it's not my favorite one, but uh, I still enjoy it. Even though, like we talked about earlier with the pacing, it, it is all over the place because it kind of... Yeah. It kind of almost has to be by the nature of how they set up Desolation and ended Desolation of Smog. But how do you feel about this one overall? Yeah, I, I pretty much am aligned with you. I think it I I don't know. It feels like a betrayal to be like, I'd like this one the least because they're all fun and yeah. they're all meaningful to us. But I, I, I guess like analytically, I would say this is the one I have the most beef with. Mm. Um, I know some of those beefs are because I'm like a purist and that's whatever. That's fine. I'm I'm willing and able to like take that burden off of myself and be like, eh, I'm just going to enjoy the films because yeah. they're great. Um, and that's, I think that I think for people who are super passionate about something, regardless of what it is, I think you need to be able to relieve yourself of that, of that burden. Cause it is a burden, especially when you want to so passionately love this thing. So I think like I had to kind of talk myself into being like, all right, we're just, we're just watch the hobbits and we're just gonna be fine with it. And then, like, now I'll watch The Hobbits whenever and I'll have a great time. Yeah. Um, I will say, yeah, I think this one I had the most, like, individual issues with. Um, I do think it, like, 
big picture should have been two movies i think that's like the yeah. ultimate that's the answer to to a lot of those beefs yeah. um i think it would have solved the pacing issues i think it would have solved a lot of the things that felt rushed uh, who knows what but overall like again this we we've talked about it for two episodes now this brings us back home and and that's what's important right it brings yeah. us back into this world and for so many of us we'll do anything to get back into the like i yeah. literally i kid you not i just paid 26.99 for minecraft java edition so i could play a minecraft middle earth server that has yes. been 10 years in the making uh it's super cool by the way Amazing. it's so cool like block by block built by the community for the last 10 years it's incredible um and it's currently if you go from one side of the map to the other it's not done obviously um but it is in real time the size of fort worth texas so it's huge oh my gosh uh, yeah i i started it and i made it to brie and it's awesome but like that's just an example of like wait i can experience tokens work in a different way than i hadn't necessarily thought of before sure 26 bucks 80 bucks i don't care you know it is what it is so um and again the, this movie brings us back into that space and and that's what's important that's the meaningful part of it um like i i gravitate towards that kind of that connection anywhere like when i was a kid after i watched the movies i was like i, I need i was like a fiend i was like a drug addict I was like i need more middle earth and i bought like the trading card game just mm -hmm. so i can be like yes trading cards with aragon yes so like and that's still true today like i'll do and i'll buy this stupid axe so i can keep it on my wall you know oh it's so cool um, so it's like you know I, I i welcome anything <laughs> so uh overall I, I think this is a total worthwhile thing to to watch if you haven't yet um and if you have go watch it again just watch it again have a good time and uh you'll be better for it and if you're like one of the ryans out there who watched you know unexpected journey and watched desolation of smog and didn't watch battle of the five armies yeah, you probably should. Uh, you might even be able to watch it just by itself now because of the the weird way that this one starts with the dragon sequence. Uh, and, and Ryan, I'm sorry, probably if you're listening to this whole thing, you've been spoiled on the whole film. But don't worry about it because then that way you'll just be you'll <laughs> yeah. be you'll be fine. Um, what's up? But uh, I, yeah, I'm totally with Manny on this one. I think these movies again. The the issue that I personally face is that no matter what, I I compare almost all movies to Lord of the Rings, and that's not fair. Lord of the Rings yeah. is the for me the Everest of filmmaking nothing has ever been better and i'm not sure anything ever will be even when i've gone back to look at these and kind of compare them to what we have modern day sure i can see little things where i'm like oh yeah that's clearly not elijah wood as a hobbit it's a stand-in or something but they're right. so minor that like it's only because i've watched them and analyzed them that i ever yeah. find it uh but everything's so amazing in them so if this isn't going to be lord of the rings and nothing else will be this is still pretty good uh, if you were just coming into Lord of the Rings for the first time, or this mythos of, I should say, Middle Earth, I don't think this would be a horrible entry point for you. I just think Lord of the Rings is a stronger entry point because yeah. it, it's more impactful. Uh, I think it's it's more emotional. It, it feels more grandiose. And also, so much of The Hobbit is referring back to Lord of the Rings. Because if they right. would have made Out of Order, I'm sure they would have done a ton of Hobbit references within lord of the rings and they still do in the extendeds but if you just watch those extendeds the first time you're like oh look it's like sam's like hey you know mr frodo it's the trolls that bilbo was talking about it's like yeah okay and sam i'm dying like <laughs> when did bilbo talk about these was i not there exactly. oh no he's yeah. telling the children or something um yeah uh, it's just uh these movies i think are still really solid there's a lot to like here and yep. there's a lot of uh there's a lot of dedicated passionate people who are still working on these things and i'm just 
hopeful that uh you know whatever lord of the rings thing we get next is so far as the tvs or maybe even a movie one day uh it you know returns to form because this one has some of that magic right like you said we try to get back to that world totally. i remember seeing a petition for people who are trying to build their own real life Minas Tirith, and i had some family members like jimmy you should go be part of this if you're just even carrying plaster around you could live in Minas Tirith. i was like that might be a lot and also i was thinking about the construction of that and i was like uh we need a lot yeah. of money um yeah but people are just so passionate and you just want to get back to middle earth yeah. the way that jackson has um kind of created and you know brought you know pulled forth from the pages of the books of tolkien uh yeah i it's it's great uh i i like these movies a lot uh, they're not lord of the rings but uh you know if it comes down to it and they're on i'm gonna watch them i'll still go back to them yeah. there there's a lot to like uh, and even if Battle of the Five Armies, like with you, Mandy, if there's problems I have mostly with this one, it's mostly just because they had to stretch it to three films. That's probably why right. Alfred's there. It's probably why Tariel's there. Um, I, I think you know. for people like us, it would take so much for us to be like, I didn't like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think about it similar to how I look at the, the Netflix Cowboy Bebop live action adaption, right? Like, ah. I love Cowboy Bebop. It means a lot to me. That live action is either going to be incredible or it's going to be really good. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. there's, I doubt, I highly, highly doubt it'll do something that'll get me to be like, ugh, I didn't like that. And with Tolkien, with with The Hobbit, with Lord of the Rings, it's even more true. Like, I don't know. I, I can't even fathom what it would take for yeah. me to be like, I didn't, like, Gandalf dies in the first movie? I don't yeah. know. Um, I guess he kind of does, but hey, here we are. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, again, like, I don't know what it would take, uh, and and so, you know, maybe that doesn't make us the best like film critics for this series. Maybe not. But, yeah, uh, but I think we're we're we've done well with being objective. So we uh, try. Just go watch them; they're really good. Go watch them. Uh, and yeah. thankfully, they were able to get pretty much the entire cast from Lord of the Rings back. It's not like they recast yeah. Saruman, or even with the um, the 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 hurdles they had to jump over with um, Saruman uh, with uh, Christopher Lee at the time. Uh, having to shoot all of his stuff in London on a green screen. Uh, I think they do a really good job with it. If you know about that, you can like tell in the scenes that like maybe they're not together. But when they're sitting down at the table, you're like, okay. And also Christopher Lee was like an incredibly great actor. So it probably yeah. didn't matter. Uh, I also, he was also like a thousand years old. So yeah, he's like, very, yes. Credit, credits to you. Oh, you know? for sure. Or like, I know that Ian McKellen was having a hard time um, shooting yeah. like the hobbits or in i should say in bag end with the green screen uh and i would imagine it would be tough as a classical like i think he's classically trained actor but they're like all right yeah. try to act with um like 11 other people that aren't in this room right now and go and it's like yeah. uh what like that's that's hard that's hard to do but um yeah man i just you're right i don't know what they'd have to do to like really like it'd have to be like some sort of Aragorn smear campaign in the next movie. Yeah, and like, no. I don't know. They blow up Helm's deep with like a bomb or like, I yeah, don't know. Like, Aragorn, like uses a bunch of modern racial slurs. <laughs> like I have no idea. Like it would take a lot, man, you know? So, or just uh, Aragorn was secretly racist the whole time. Like they're trying to, like, they try to deconstruct him. It's like a Luke Skywalker yeah. thing. They're like, Aragorn's like, I was the king and I hated it and I hate Arwen. And it's like, he's telling yeah. that to his son and his son's like, but why? Um, like, what's happening, dad? I hate it when you drink. <laughs> yeah. Here's a map to come find me, but I won't yeah. give you the last piece until you're 18. Um, Like, I, like it would have to be something like real bad. Um, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I think everybody should go check this out. And I know that, like, I'm not sure to promote other streaming services. These are all on HBO Max right now. They're not the extended editions of them, I don't believe. Um, I think they're just the the cut and dry uh, theatrical releases. So what I always recommend, especially for people who are trying to get into any of these movies, please just watch the theatrical version first. Uh, because yeah. like yeah. you could jump into the extended editions. It's just a lot. Uh, and it's basically like, if you love this, here's like 30 more minutes of it and you're going to appreciate it. Cause if you don't, and you're going in the first time, you're like, wow, there was a lot of stuff there that I don't know why they have it in there. And it's like, well, that might be extended stuff. So yeah, uh, with these movies as well, uh, which is crazy to think that there were extended cuts of these movies too, which is like, Oh my gosh, like Jackson and crew, you got to give them credit for like taking something like this and really like making a lot from it like yeah. that's amazing and Five armies is the shortest of the three um yeah and so and it still feels like a lifetime so. yeah it's a long it's a long movie uh, uh so yeah go in uh and also maybe don't binge watch them all in one day like that's another thing people like they're like what if i watch them all at the same time i'm like probably don't like <laughs> that no 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 just space them out Take your time. Yeah, enjoy it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to like hear what other people think about these things because like I want to know if people are you know going back to them or if they're kind of enjoying them. I've talked to some people who have revisited them recently, and they're like they're pretty good, and they are getting on ten years now. Uh, so yep. it's kind of getting to that point where I wonder if we're all going to become a little bit just nostalgic, not only for Lord of the Rings but the Hobbit. Eventually, we're True. like that movie is they're 20 years old and like well they're pretty great you know they've got their problems but i kind of love them like i don't know if that's going to be happen with this but i kind of hope it does you know yeah Uh, so battle of the five armies pretty good uh (laughs) all things considered you know uh well manny anything else you want to say about battle of the five armies or any more norse i I could just listen to you talk about norse stuff all day dude this is so cool we'll do that off air someday but yeah it's, <laughs> it's a lot no. uh but no i i agree with you i think it's uh, well worth the watch for sure all right well we are going to start to wrap up the show here uh because as as it just happens to be we always talk about these things for like two hours uh but we're going to move into the next segment of the show that i like to call the manny likes to call that everybody likes to call time killers it's the games we've been playing the videos and movies and tv shows the things we've been consuming manny you talked about assassin's creed valhalla uh do you yeah. want to start there yeah, I will start there. I've been playing that a lot. I'm God. It's hard to. I have a hard time knowing how how long I played a game without like looking at how long I've been playing it. Sure. Yeah. It could be twenty hours. It could be hundred and twenty hours. I have no idea. Um, Demon Souls. We look at Demon fun. Souls. Yeah, Demon Souls. I was meticulous. Every before I logged off, I'm like, how many hours did I? Okay, cool. Two hundred and twelve. Good. 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 Oh my gosh. Amazing. Uh, yeah, a lot of hours. Uh, it's very good. I think it it feels. Um, I haven't played an Assassin's Creed since the first Assassin's Creed. Yeah. So. I'm totally Assassin's Creed noob. Um, but yeah, that like this setting and I, I shout out to my friend, Jess. Uh, I work with her and she, when the game came out, she's like, Oh, I'm so excited. She played all the Assassin's Creed. And she's like, this looks so cool. Vikings are so rad. And I trash talked it so much. I was like, all Assassin's Creed are the same. Vikings are played out. Blah, blah, blah. And then I started playing and I texted her an apology. <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah. Nope. I got to, apologize when when uh you know i'm i'm due to apologize because it's super fun i i like it a lot the combat feels a little bit loose but i am coming from demon souls where the combat's very snappy and incredibly polished so um you know i'm totally fine with that um open world games i haven't played i realize i haven't played an open world game in a very long time and Mm. so um i think my 
I get intimidated by like huge maps now in in my ripe age of 31. I when I <laughs> I just got to like London and uh mm. but it's like you know ancient London or whatever. It's spelled with a bunch of U's. It's like London. Yeah. Uh and it's huge and like there's all these icons and I'm like, oh, I'm scared. I'm just gonna go raid. So I just raid a bunch of small villages and take boy. my rest on the on the church. Um and so that is very fun. And then like because I've been so into that, then I'm like, oh, well, I got to know everything about Norse mythology. So I've been learning a bunch of stuff there. I've been reading um, Norse mythology by Neil Gaiman. It's very good. And then uh, I started rewatching the Vikings TV show, which is nice. also very good. Um, I watched like, I think the first two seasons in college and then I just kind of dropped off completely. Um, I did like the same thing. I watched like the first yeah. three and then I just was like, well, that's Vikings. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I picked it back up and I'm like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. So the point that I, uh, I, I, oh God, Jimmy, I get into <laughs> things so easily. I love like it. you can be like, Hey man, um, airplanes are pretty cool. And then like in a week, I'm like, I have my pilot's license. I've done 120 <laughs> hours of solo flight. Um, uh, like it's, that's just my nature. And I so it's it. gotten it. to the point I just purchased, uh, two very old axes like used axes um on ebay and uh, i'm gonna <laughs> i'm taking the heads off of them I'm, I'm restoring them i'm covering them in brass and i'm refitting them to new handles i'm gonna try some engraving i'm i'm lost jimmy you're i'm totally so cool lost. no you're amazing this is wonderful you're the so, coolest friend I'm like i'm just like i want to be able to look like a viking just in case there is a raid of mm-hmm. uh the town i live in <laughs> um so yeah, super hard on Norse Norse stuff right now, it. and uh, not much else. I mean, like you know, work stuff, and um, I, there's another fire truck running around outside. Um, Time to raid. Grab the axes. <laughs> it's the raid. Let's I've been hoping go. for. Um, so yeah, literally, I think that's <laughs> I think that's actually it. I think all of my popular media, books, TV shows, and video games are all Viking stuff. That's weird. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, beyond that i will say i'll add um just because i live in the washington dc area with everything that happened there there was that one individual who was covered in norse tattoos um who was in the capitol building and um i did a bunch of research on like how white supremacy and nazis co-opted all of these ancient norse symbols and it's really interesting they literally just took it and tried to pass it off as as kind of their own and, and they, they completely made up their own meaning, which is kind of their thing. Yeah. Um, so that, that was just like an interesting, um, like kind of like um, more like, I don't know, scholarly rabbit hole. I went down. Oh, it's like, sure. how, where did this happen? Like, where did that overlap take place? So that was really interesting. Yeah. And now um, you were on a list for the FBI. They're like, <laughs> now they're like we should watch this. Exactly. Guy. That's probably one of the cops have been circling me for the last yeah they're like, they're like he's in there he's on the podcast still uh i, I think i remember seeing or reading something that like the um the symbol the pinwheel is like flipped to utopia for yeah isn't that and the, i don't know if that's that's not norse like it kind of looks like a oh oh you're talking about the swastika yes 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 i was like pinwheel that sounds pleasant um <laughs> yeah yeah the, the swastika well originally called something else was used i think i i i may get this wrong in hindu religions um i remember when really? i was in india i saw it everywhere okay uh, it was like on walls uh, on like um like religious buildings and um like different sculptures and at first i was like what is happening <laughs> and he's like uh is anyone somebody better check in on this man yeah like, 
and then somebody was like oh no like it's actually like if you turn it like 90 degrees it has a completely different meaning and i'm like i am still uncomfortable yeah but yeah i mean that's another good example of they're like let's take this thing and make it awful <laughs> you know i just um, pictured you manny in india is just it's just gandalf and bill Goldori's like oh <laughs> something's going down over here like <laughs> Checking it Where's out. the bad guys? Yeah, he's yeah. like, I'm here. Um, I'll fight them. I'll fight all of them. Um, uh, that's great. So yeah, it was just interesting stuff. But yeah, that that's been that's been me. What about you, my friend? Dang, that's great. Okay, uh, I wanted to bring this up with you because I've been talking about this game a lot lately because we did the critties last week and uh, I shot an episode of Game Sharks, which is a little. I don't know if you know about this, man. I do a little TV show around here. An actual, it's on television. I know I can't believe it either. Oh yeah, you uh, have told me about this. I know. Yeah. I try to tell everybody. It's usually my, the second thing I say about myself. Um, I'm like, they don't pay me. Uh, it's just for fun. <laughs> um, it's great. Uh, but anyway, so I've been talking about Ghost of Tsushima, and I wanted to know because you played that game. I remember because you post these yeah. great screenshots, and I feel like the combat in that game is so incredibly tight and maybe the best I've ever played. You know, after playing Demon Souls and then uh, AC Valhalla right now, like did like going from an open world game like Ghost to Valhalla or Demon Souls, did you yeah. were you like, oh, I wish like when I hit an enemy, it stuck in them, and then I was like, Wah! like that, like is there yeah. any of that? Totally, I totally forgot I played uh, Ghost until you just reminded me that is an open world game. Um, yeah, I help. Sometimes. Yeah, I think. So, like, as you, you've been playing Dark Souls, you yeah. know that in Souls combat, there are rules. And those rules are 1,000% consistent and nothing will, it, it will never change. If you don't parry at the right time, you won't parry. If you do parry every single time, you'll nail it every single time. Uh, you're slower when you have more uh, stuff on you. Two-handed versus one-handed. Shields, yada, yada. The rules are law in, in the Soul series games. Um, so, it's hard to, like... I would put AC Valhalla and Ghost in the same category of combat, and I would put Demon Souls in another category. Huh? Demon Souls feels so tight and polished and snappy because those rules are followed to a T, and I know what to expect. Whereas with um, Ghost of Tsushima, it's a little more fluid. There's more unpredictability. There's more. Um, there's a little bit more room for error, and and I think that's really cool because it fits the style of combat and a katana and arrows and like the, the fluidness of, of that combat is beautiful i think ac valhalla goes for that in a in an awesome way and i think it does extremely well i think it falls just short of ghost um i, I think it and it, and it's different it's like you're swinging like i'm using a hammer weapon right now which is very cool but like you know it's not a katana it's not flowing it's not beautiful so yeah. um i would say out of all of them i think like uh ghost has like a very pure very cool arts uh combat style um demon souls is awesome but Again, it's only because of those rules, and I know those rules very well. Sure. But um, so I think it's just kind of in a, in a different category. I wouldn't say it's like better or worse than anything else. I would just say it's like I don't know. It's very different, and the rules never change. So. Okay, cool. Okay, well that's a good thing you brought up because like I like you said, I've been playing Dark Souls. I have been. I know people are like, wait a sec, Dark Siders, no Dark Souls. Believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> so I've had a little help. I've had some Sherpas. Uh, but I did play by myself the other day, just a little bit, uh, because I was like, I've done this before. Like, I went and I beat the Gaping Dragon, um, which I'm pretty sure is not safe for work. Uh, so I was like, I don't want to I don't want to stream that. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's something. So I have accessed uh, a weapon that I shouldn't have access to. Um, and that is okay. the, the big club or the giant club. Uh, and it is a it's a weapon that's a two percent drop rate um, from these big boys. I call them Phil, Will and Bill. Um, and I and I farmed these boys and I finally got this thing. The 
Just like the big trolls in uh, Blight Town. Yes, exactly. Um, and uh, so I got that because I had the master key early on. So I went down the back way into Blight Town, got this. Um, eventually, it took me a long time, but I got this thing. And my issue is clipping versus non-clipping. Because okay. this thing's so big that sometimes I get away with doing things and shenanigans where I like hit through a wall. And sometimes I bounce off a wall. Or like yeah. when I swing in a way. So like when you talked about like the the very specific way, and maybe Demon Souls is better about this, but there's many times yeah. in combat where I'm like, I'm gonna hit this guy, or I feel like the reach is like just like it's an inch short of something, and I'm like, yeah. I yeah. like I'm I feel like I'm hitting him and it's it didn't, um, yeah. or like I kind of cut through things with it. Where and again, yeah. this is a Demon Souls. It's it's a bit older now, um, right. but. It's good. Um, it's just it's so yeah. combat. It's it's the combat yeah. is the game. Um, and I know a lot of I people. The one thing I would say to that is that it. This is going to sound like I'm just making excuses, but it's consistently <laughs> inconsistent. You know what I mean? So like you know, I, I would have the same problem. The first weapon I used in Dark Souls was um, a Zweihander, the huge two-handed sword oh, yeah. um, with like a, a an extra um kind of handle area mm -hmm. um and i would try to use it horizontally in hallways and it would get stuck on everything and so the game forces you to be like okay i need a thrusting weapon in hallways because mm -hmm. i can't if i'll hit a wall but then like in other places it'll be like oh i know that if i hit if the wall is like this and i hit at a perpendicular angle i'll hit whatever's on the other side of yep. it and so you know it's those weird things like rolling off a ledge you'll take less damage than if you just fall off a ledge and like just silly things like that and all of the cheeses that you can do um and uh, there was a I, I tend to ramble on this show, but there was a glitch in <laughs> Demon it. Souls where um, you could like have infinite luck if you used a certain item at a certain time. Oh. And there's a weapon that scales on your luck stat. And so you can one shot everything in the game and cool. you uh, and also your luck is infinite. So you get the most rare drops of every enemy. Sick. Um, so that was like good for like farming and stuff. But there's like silly things like that. But I totally get your frustration. I mean the first time i played dark souls i must have almost broke my controller like a dozen times just being like what, the, what? Yep. no you know and it's funny because like i have gotten to this point before in dark souls and so i played it before and i've beaten bloodborne so i think there's something about the level design in dark souls that's frustrating to me especially in a game and i this is out to all developers and i said it during one of my streams if you can make a swamp or a sewer level that doesn't mean you should uh, like just don't especially putting them back to back you guys are yeah. mad people like it's just like it's like welcome yeah. to the sewers welcome to the swamp um the best way i've heard the map in dark souls one described is a metroidvania map you have a like a long you know room to room and, and maybe some ups down. and downs and somebody took that piece of paper and just crumbled it into a ball and said this is your map right yeah. so you're like traveling all these like mm -hmm. ins and outs and ups and downs and um it's it's crazy it's yeah. crazy uh and so like i said it's it's so combat oriented and i totally get that and there's there's something to it um the the issue i still think i have with the franchise is that it has a lore to it but you you have to look up lore videos to understand it they don't present the story to you to me mm -hmm. personally in a in a compelling enough way or a, a fleshed out way enough in it where i'm like oh I want to like, I understand what I'm looking at here is this character did this or did that. There's just these, it's a lot of cryptic stuff. And yeah. uh, for me, a, a truly remarkable game tries to do both. Uh, sure. And sure. again, this is just, this is my own personal feeling about it. I don't think these yeah. games are the worst. I still have respect for them. I think I'll see this one through. 
uh, and I'm trying to get like a co-op thing set up because uh, what I've had some really crazy stuff, Manny. I I summoned Solaire for the gargoyles, and yeah. it went in a weird way. So Solaire decided, um, and for people who don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry. Uh, Solaire decided to go and kill all the guys that I ran past on the way up as oh, I awesome. as I so traversed cool. the white fog. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, so I was standing Where's in the, my buddy? I was standing in the boss <laughs> arena, and I was like. Solaire, and then you just like hear this like, doo, doo, doo. and then like I get some souls, and I was like, okay, so Solaire's working somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he finally gets. I can see his sword and his shield, but they can't. He can't get through the white fog, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be problematic. And I'm like, I fought the gargoyles before in the past. Um, I'm not like I was talking to people in chat. I'm like, all right, we'll see if I use pine resin on this one because it'll make me stronger with like lightning or whatever. But we'll wait to see how this goes. I start fighting the gargoyle. Uh, and then the other one comes up, but then they get aggroed to Solaire, who's stuck in the white fog. <laughs> so they run over there, and I'm like, I'm a cheese. Well, so I like run over there. I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna take this. This victory is gonna be mine. <laughs> so oh, I won on the first try against the Garquels because half the time they were like trying to get to Solaire and they yeah. couldn't do it. I was like, Have you fought hmm. the uh, Capra Demon yet? I have, and I've beaten him. It was first try. Uh, wow that's incredible i have fought him in the past but it's been a while but i did go and get him basically what i've done manny is i've over leveled him at 40 strength um okay and i once i got to him i took him out in like four hits maybe wow or something it's the dogs you gotta watch out for um yeah so the first time i played it uh (laughs) my brother-in-law introduced me to dark souls and i it took me a very long time to play it and the first time i beat the capra demon it took me four years to admit this to him I uh, lobbed firebombs over the fog wall I and I killed them. I've heard yeah. I had somebody tell me that and I was like, that's cool. So like, what is, does, yeah. does the fog wall just go away? Uh, yeah. After you kill him, the fog wall goes away. It disappears See. and there's just a dead capper demon. You're on just the like, nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but didn't... I will say, I wanted to add your comment about like lore. So, uh, I agree with you there. It's like the lore is in item descriptions and yes. stuff like that. You yeah. Can connect it. If you wish, uh, Hideki hid, Hideteki Miyazaki, the guy who who essentially wrote and direct Dark Souls, um, when he was a child, he um, didn't know how to read. He came from a very poor family and he didn't um, have like a, a, a full enough education where he could learn how to read as well as he should. So he'd go to the library and he'd find all these books that are well above his uh, reading level, basically. And he would re- he could pick out some of it, but the rest of it, he had to make up his own connections he had to essentially create his own lore in these books and he wanted to bring that element to the game um he wanted this like non-spoken not over the plate kind of um lore and story and so it's it's funny i've heard so many people you know complain about the same thing and i think it's a totally valid complaint sure. but it's just also funny that it that's extremely intentional for like a really specific tiny reason that's so um, weird yeah. uh it's so wild. funny and yeah it is wild it just it's so like i feel bad because like i get that that that's like a cool artistic choice but then it like it sure, just sure. it's something that i feel like i would hit more in like an indie game they'd be like well we never totally. actually it's just it's there in the context once you think yeah. about it um yeah but uh it just makes me care a lot less about like my character in the world i'm like i don't yeah. it's a super dragon and it's got teeth all over its body i gotta kill it yeah. there's no talking it's just like and if everybody yeah. i talk to even if they're nice people they all sound like they're going to kill me they're yeah just, they're and like, like thanks for helping like, me out Try to like, yeah and like half of them trick you anyways like yeah. kick you off ledge and stuff yeah i totally get so, it so miyazaki not a very well- 
Yeah, I like to. We like to joke during the streams of they're like Miyazaki wanted the game to be this way, and I'm just abusing the system. Like, take that Miyazaki! Like, I'll, like crush like an enemy with this club, and I'm like way over leveled for this early portion of the game. I'm like, ha ha. Um, but uh, that's, that's all. That's all part of the fun. Um, I also had the chance, and I didn't realize this wasn't a human, but uh, I had like a like a summon come in, and I beat it in like two hits, and then I summoned that thing to go help me fight the um the Quaylog or the the Witch of Quaylog. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And that thing could take man, my summon buddy could take a lot of hits, <laughs> so it was a lot easier of a fight. Oh, the, was... the like spider lady. Yes. Yeah. So the spider. Yeah. yeah so the spider you, lady. I'm in the man eater Mildred, if I remember correctly. That's right. Yeah, Mildred. Yeah. She was kicking. I thought she was a real person at first, but she's not. I was like, yeah, uh... she's actually in. Uh, she's in all the Souls games. Oh, cool. She was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I two shot her because uh, she was fighting me, and I was just like, crush. And then she had to like stand back up, yeah. and then I just crushed her. Dude, again. You're, you're lucky. She hits like a truck. It's crazy. Oh but, yeah. Uh, yeah. I hit like two trucks. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, the, I wish you know maybe this is better in like future Souls games, but I do wish there was more of that impact feel that you get in Ghost. Like when you get a kill in Ghost, you, you like land it, and then you're like, and you're like, oh, yeah. like. Oh, I want. I don't know if I that's do parries. If you do those parries, you'll get I that in. I suck at the parries, and it's always it makes that noise it's like dong, and it's like yeah. What the? Uh, yeah. I I do wish they had different backstab animations though. Uh, yeah, it always true. is the same. It's like the yeah, like um, even like credit to Blue Point, they did such an incredible job with a game that came out I think in two thousand nine. Yeah. Uh, the animations for backstabs. Every weapon has four animations. It has a front one-handed a front two-handed a back one-handed and a back two-handed um for for, for parries and backstabs so like they're gorgeous they're beautiful beautiful. oh top impact dude they're crazy that's great um anyway so that's with dark souls uh and then also i've been playing a bit of deep rock galactic i was trying to play with other people i've done it a little bit uh i really would love to play that with more people but it's kind of hard to find people sometimes so i've just been hopping in groups or playing by myself really fun game it's 30 bucks see it uh i'm on xbox okay it has cool. crossplay if you have it through the microsoft store but if it's on uh if you have it on steam you can only play it on steam right now i think i don't know if steam has been weird about crossplay i don't know yeah. um okay but uh it's really good and if you have games pass it is already on there for people who have games pass so it's a if to sell it to you it's like left for dead but you're a dwarf and you mine for minerals and you kill it's alien nice. bugs and I actually helped make the game, believe it or not. Uh, a long time ago, Press Play, the people who, uh, it, was a, it was a group beforehand that ended up dissolving and becoming part of, I think, Ghost Ship, um, who's this group, or Coffee Stain, who helped make this. But they put out this thing a long time ago that was like, all right, here are three game ideas, vote on it. And one of them was a fantasy-driven first-person shooter where you played as dwarves in more of like a Tolkien-style way and you fought goblins in the caves. But then they just yeah. tweaked it eventually and made it into space and aliens and stuff. And I was like, I voted for that one and I'm glad it got made. So that's all. Awesome. Uh, yeah, really, really cool game, even if you're playing by yourself. And then finally, uh, I've been playing Valkyria Chronicles 4 again. I've <laughs> got to finish that game. Tactics games, man. I like squeaking through on some of these missions. And I'm like, you know what? My grade might have been a D on that one, but uh, we got through and <laughs> I feel good about it. Uh, so, yeah, man. Valkyria Chronicles 4. Much like 1, not like 2 and 3. Those are very different games. So, good anyway, to know. Good yes. To know. Um, but anyway, uh, that's pretty much all I've been killing time with, along with a bunch of Batman stuff. Batman Beyond. I've been binging Batman Beyond. Oh. Holy good. goodness. I got to go back to animated series at some point, but I think Batman yeah. Beyond's my maybe my favorite Batman stuff of all time. I don't know. Is that too much to say? I love Have it so much. Uh, anime. Um, oh, I forget what it's Batman called. Batman Ninja. 
Yeah, have you seen it? It's on here, and I haven't watched it yet. Okay, I'm it's really good. Um, I would... Caveat. I don't know if you're a sub or a dub guy. Oh, they have it in Japanese. Yeah, and okay. the guy who plays the Joker in Japanese is amazing. Okay. It, it's, it's incredible. I, I mean, both are amazing. The guy who plays the Joker in the English version is um, one of the guys from Arrested Development. Okay. Uh, brother i don't know i don't know the, I know I don't know the character. um but anyway it's all it's all very good you should check it out i'd be interested to hear your thoughts is it cell shaded um like cell shaded computer graphics or is it i don't think so i don't think so I, maybe i'm misremembering but i'm pretty sure it's not i'll have to check it out yeah because i that's on my list um because i've been watching a ton of batman like i watched hush and um uh oh, like awesome. some death in the family stuff and now i finally know who hush is because i forgot if people keep bringing up hush i'm like who's hush and now yeah. i know i'm like Oh, that's hush. Um, so uh, yeah, I just I really want to play Gotham Knights really badly. Um, so yeah. that's just anyway. Uh, let's move into the last and my personal favorite segment of the show, which is community feedback and questions, because we're already at like two and a half hours. Manny, thank you for your time. Uh, you're just you're just so great. Uh, you just he's just he's such a good sport. Um, so I I got a great question, and we talked about it beforehand, and I just want to make sure I credit the person with it. Otherwise, I might I don't want to I don't want to let him down. The question is thus, Manny. This one comes in from... Uh, where are you here? Why are you not? Oh, here we go. This one comes in from Missile Mage. He says, or asks us, favorite use of a licensed song in media? Favorite use. And also, I'm going to, as I, my caveat on this is, it can be a cover uh if you want to do it that way just in case like if I, you, you brought this up before the show and I had a hard time thinking about it and this might not necessarily be my favorite because I feel like I would need to come up with like a list and like really, really think about it. But one that stands out that I thought was extremely cool was the trailer for Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Oh, thank God. Uh, I thought you were going to say the same thing I was going to say. I was like, no. <laughs> uh, it was a song called Tick of the Clock by the Chromatics. And uh -huh. um, the, the, it was, um, if I remember correctly, like Breakpoint was introducing... I forget what the feature is called, but it's when you like lay down and like cover yourself in mud. Mm -hmm. You can hide. Um, they were introducing that. Yeah. And um, it, it has this, it's called Tick of the Clock and every, go listen to it, everybody. It's really good. It has this like very like kind of like syncopated like and it's like there's a clock sound in the back and it's like almost cyberpunky in a way. Oh. Um, and it just like gave another feeling to, to Ghost Recon and I loved Wildlands. So I was really excited to play Breakpoint. Um, and I maintain that it was a very fun game. I love that game. Um, but it just it had this really new, different feel. It was like, um, and then like it had in-game clips of like, you know, ghosts walking around and like methodically like stalking out these enemies in the in the jungle. It was just super cool and very, very. Um, it just had a lot of had, had a lot of style. It was very cool. Um, so that that would be one of my favorites. I would say maybe not my top, but I, I would need to think about it longer. That's what about so you? cool. Uh, I had to ask before we go. Did you beat Breakpoint? I did. Yeah. Okay. I went back recently and did it because they added the AI and I didn't have anyone else to play with. So when I had the yeah. AI companions, it could just like, it was so much easier. I'm like, you guys go over here. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, and I was super into the multiplayer. I played the multiplayer for a really oh, long really? time. Was it good? I loved it. I mean, I also love the Wildlands multiplayer. Okay. It was just like, it's like the opposite of Call of Duty. It's just very methodical. Like if you don't have the patience, then just don't bother because you'll be yeah. super frustrated. Um, but I, I love that game. Yeah, Breakpoint's awesome. 
Uh, so you're talking about a game trailer that has a song in there that you really like, and this one always comes back to mind for me. I have a, a singer-songwriter friend who who sings this song pretty much every time he performs, but it was the trailer for Dante's Inferno. And Dante's Inferno, uh, if anybody who doesn't know about it, it's basically the tale of Dante and uh, his the sins that he committed during war and his wife is stolen uh, from him by the devil. And so Dante has to go into hell to get her back. And in the trailer, they play Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone. And it's him and uh, he's fighting down into the depths. And I don't even know if they even have like uh, noises for him or any sound effects while he's fighting through it. But it's just that song playing over the top of it. And it's such a perfect um, kind of, I think, marriage of those two things. Yeah, and it's wow. just like It's always stuck with me. And I remember seeing that trailer on TV a lot because it was an EA game. So they had the, I think the funding uh, to kind of pop it up um, a lot of places. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's go check that trailer out along with uh, this this one about Breakpoint. I have to go back. I don't know if I've seen that one or not. I was really cool. invested in the Breakpoint stuff because I was a huge fan of Wildlands. So like I was covering like all the stuff they could do and then what they actually ended up saying they're gonna do. And, um, uh, yeah, I I like took the day off of work when it came out. I was like into it man yeah where okay so like if they make another ghost recon Mandy, i'm just gonna find out what platform you're playing on hopefully crossplay will just be a thing yeah or just oh whatever because yeah. like i don't know if you have a crew that you went with but like my crew starts with like two other people and then like yeah. they're both they just like get sick of it and they leave and i'm like sitting up yeah. there alone with a gun and i'm like i tried i tried to get my coworkers to get into it and we played um the multiplayer for a couple a couple days i feel and i was like oh yeah guys this is so good and they're like dude we're just sitting in the bush why 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 is this fun i was like yeah we're stalking our prey and they're yeah. like i'm gonna go play literally anything else yeah I was like, all right fine. Dude, yeah we'll play together for sure let's i want them to make a and i know they've uh because he was in there a little bit but like the predator i and i know they made a predator game recently i would love to play like a, a co-op predator game where like you're both predators and you're hunting a ton of people down in Ugh. fact i uh back when steve and i were doing some content stuff we had a stream i went to his house this must have been christmas 2017 probably okay. i went over to his house and uh, i brought my playstation he brought he had his we set up these two massive tvs in his living room and we did the predator mission in wildlands and we streamed it and every time we died we would do a shot and Amazing. four and a half hours later God. we were on our faces oh it was gosh. a rough night oh but it was super fun. one of my favorite memories of all the cool stuff i did with steve shout out to steve You're steve great. i love steve well, i forgot to mention this too uh steve bastek i hope he's watching uh but man one of my things i look back on in 2020 that i enjoyed was going back to the terminator films with him um and talking oh, about yeah. them because those are like his films and i think it made me more amped up to talk to someone who's like a huge fan with like someone who's coming in a little bit newer to it so uh yeah steve if you're listening you're great and i miss your face um yeah but uh so yeah check out those two things and also like if you guys have any that you're like oh i love that they use this song in this movie or tv yeah. show or or game even um is it Claire de Lune? They use that in everything now. Uh, the first time I heard it was like in Ocean's Eleven. And now it's just like in everything. <laughs> um, there's one, by the way, there's this, the song they use as the kick in Inception in the beginning of that film. Um, oh, yeah. they, there's a commercial going on right now that was playing that a lot. And I kept hearing it. And so I'd like look up like I was being kicked out of a dream. <laughs> I was like, like, where's my top? I need to spin my top. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, ah, my totem. Um, I love you. 
world. Yeah, so uh, that's good stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you for writing in, Missile Mage. And anybody else, if you want to write in questions or topics or ideas for future shows, all you have to do is just tweet the hashtag Critical Podcast. You can tweet at GoCritical on Twitter or at me personally. I'm at JimmyGood013. However, if you'd like to tweet at Manny over there, Manny, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. I'm uh, I at at wow words, man. Words are hard. Words I have are a hard time with them for adults who don't know how to use them. Uh, <laughs> at I am Jitsu. That's I A M J I T S U. Yes, it should be popping up on screen, and it will be down below as well. Um, but Manny, I one thing I love about uh, Manny is that, uh, and Manny, I'm going to talk about you like you're not here. You post oh, like usually like a lot of fun stuff on Twitter. Uh, which yeah, is like kind of rare um so it's kind of nice uh and you know you're, you're a pretty respectful guy and i respect that about you so uh yeah i i love seeing that stuff and it'll just be like it'll just be some crazy like here's a screenshot from assassin's creed and it'll just say like two words and it's like i don't know what this is sure. art is <laughs> yeah. what we'll call it, art. You know? look at this art yeah. right here uh yeah. it's making me really want to play the game as someone who's played like all the mainline Assassin's Creed games, yeah. I feel like I'm in kind of an abusive relationship where I'm like, I told you we were done, and then it's like it comes around again, and I'm like, stay away from me, you burned me too much. Like, yeah. Um, so I'm waiting for it to drop to like half price. Uh, but yeah. I, I played Odyssey and Origins, and I think a lot of people, such as yourself, didn't haven't played Odyssey and Origins, yeah. and they're like, the hall is amazing. So uh, I'm glad to yeah. hear that you like it. But I'll get to it at some point. But anyway, um, I usually tell people to do a bunch of stuff, but all I'm asking nowadays, just leave a comment. Just let me know how you liked the video, yeah, what you didn't good. like, which if you liked Manny, if you want to see him back on again, I'll probably just go in the comment section and write that myself. Like, Manny, someone wrote about you in the comments. <laughs> hey, section. Manny's great. This isn't Jimmy, I promise. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> just be under an account that's just, it just says like, I don't know, it's like, hey, Jimmy Jim. Or it'll, or it'll just be like, I hate Lord of the Rings Star Trek forever or something. <laughs> it'll be like, definitely not me. <laughs> They'll never find me. No offense, Trek fans. I bet Star Trek's great. I just, I can't. There's only so many mythos I can get involved in. Um, Too many. It's so many. Anyway, uh, Manny, thank you so much for being on the show. And everybody else, thank you for watching and or listening. I appreciate you. And until next time, just remember to adapt and overcome. Bye.